jury. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and the Hagman Report for today. It's Monday. Can you tell? It's Monday. It's Monday, January 11th, 2016. I still have a hard time not saying like 1979 or something to that effect. But anyway, we're coming to you live from our radio and television studios in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania here. And where we're heard live every weeknight from, uh, well, Monday through Friday for those challenged as far as their days are concerned from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Global Star Radio Network. That's the place to be, Global Star Radio Network, folks. Just go to Hagman at Hagman.com. That's our Internet presence for the show. And there you'll see links directly to Global Star Radio Network. Uh, listen live via Global Star. That's the best sound quality, best place to be. We're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. We want to say a great big thank you to them as well. You can watch us live as well on YouTube. See? Right there. I can see us. And anyway, links to the audio and video broadcasting, again, can be found at our Internet presence for the show at HagmanandHagman.com. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm, a fellow investigator, researcher, and, of course, my son, Joe Hagman. Together we are the Hagman and Hagman Report, where I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. And we're back in business, back in business after a brief disruption last week. And uh, I want to thank everyone for your kind emails, your your kind uh, kind words and everything. So everything's fine. Uh you know, we're getting we're getting back together, putting things back together. And it, uh, it is uh, such a blessing to have a, uh, such a fantastic listening audience out there. To where uh, something happens, you know, last week we had a, a medical emergency that turned out um, to be okay. I think um, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, the overwhelming outpouring of support just uh, touches our hearts and goes to show us how blessed we are to have people, amen, uh, like that out there listening. And it's the majority of listeners <laughs> who are. We're like that, and it is, uh, as I said, such a blessing, and a blessing we don't deserve, but, you know, we're here, and uh, we're going to continue, and we wouldn't be able to do it without you guys, so we just want to say thank you. Yeah, and, and you know, that's my pen. This one? Yeah. I thought it looked... Uh, yeah, you got two. I, I need one. All right, there we go. Thank All right. you. All right. I was looking for this. See, I, I have a problem, and I don't have my pen. Uh, we, we, folks... Uh, all this week, we are going to be coming to you live. Well, mm-hmm. we know that. And all this week, it's going to be Joe and I. Now, tonight, third hour, we'll be taking some of your calls, God willing. Um, but the first two hours tonight are going to be dedicated to analysis of what's taking place right now. With some background, I had mentioned last week uh, the uh, Tavistockian agenda that's uh, that we're seeing play out right now. And, and unfortunately, that's how it is. You know, the secret societies, and people might poo-poo this, but secret societies are really moving the, the global chess pieces everywhere, aren't they? They're, they're, isn't it interesting how, how, um, here we are in January, and, um, I, I, well, I can tell you this, um, as we sit here in January 2016, the global chess pieces are in play. And here domestically we face an election. And we're going to be talking about all of this in depth as the show progresses. But, uh, Joe, I find it interesting that 
as the global chess pieces are, are, are played out. Domestically, we think we're impervious to such movements on the global chessboard by the globalists, in, in a sense. Yeah. You know, like we're outside of those boundaries of internationalism right. and, and globalism that are, and have been changing the landscape of the world, uh, as we see the rise of third world countries, as the IMF continues and the UN continues to, um, integrate themselves <laughs> into those, into those nations. And uh, a lot of reading of books from the 50s, 40s, all the way back into the 1800s, you see this plan, this agenda that has been shaped and carried out to where the middle class or the what we used to see as the middle class of America, the manufacturing and industrial sectors, have been wiped out. And that has been done on purpose, as this gives rise to these other nations, these third world nations, what they want to do is even the playing field. They want everybody to be poor, broke, resourceless, and dependent. Exactly. And they're moving toward that goal, and, and we see it manifest here through an angry middle class. What the news says is white privilege and racism is, um, you know, the middle class wanting what they once had, uh, uh, being able to raise a family from a, a husband working one full-time job and a wife staying at home, taking care of the house and the kids. Uh, you, you know, and, and we might get a lot of flack for that by saying that, but well, I mean, biblically and, and traditionally, I mean, when you when you look at a nuclear family, it is composed of a male, a, a dominant male, the husband and a wife, and just like that, okay, a husband and a wife, and then children. Marriage first, children next, but oftentimes it's it's. Not like that. It's children, unplanned pregnancies, abortions, and what have you. So it's really, it's, it's interesting what we've been told, what we've been groomed, what we've been programmed to accept. But more on that in a minute. Uh, I just want to finish my thought on the domestic situation. As we sit in 2016, isn't it, I find it very odd and very interesting as well that Hillary Clinton, uh, the subject of many criminal investigations, uh, especially from the FBI, is walking free and even a, a viable candidate for the 2016 election. And isn't that interesting? Again, she should be in prison, not, not, uh, but, but the information we have, and, and I've got this on good authority, there is this uprising within the FBI, um, and certain departments of the Department of Justice, certain and sections of the Department of Justice, that, that they're getting worse. crazy. Well, right, that, that the, um, there is a section of the FBI, the, the long-timers, I, I guess I would put it that way, just given what I know, who are saying, look, you either arrest her, and because the, the product, the investigative work products that we have uncovered shows criminality on her part, or we are just going to, I mean, we're going to resign, or there's going to be problems. The Department of Justice will not act. Well, of course not. The FBI wants right. the Department of Justice to act, or they will take matters into their own hands, whether that is retiring as we saw after 9-11, a lot of people retired as they were uh, unhappy with the results of the 9-11 commission and, and what came from that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm telling you, it, 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 we have big problems. It, but see, we, the, the point the point was making is we domestically are, are, are watching the chess pieces fall into place just as much as we, as before. I mean, just as much as any other country is, just as much as... Uh, the uh, you know Saudi Arabia and, and other countries and the Arab Spring, the uh, geopolitical movements across the, the changing the landscape 
geopolitically in the Middle East, but but we are part of that domestically. And the other part of this too is the uh, the uh, now the Pacific though the ranch in the Pacific Northwest that has the Bundy guy Ammon Bundy involved in there, and those people who are there. That's all right now, folks. Trust me when I tell you this. That is not what it appears to be. Okay, I'm telling you right now, the people involved in this. It's the it, you know Ammon Bundy wrong, was on Dave Hodges today. Yeah, I, I I understand that. I talked to Dave this morning, and, and he may not agree with me. Dave might not agree with me. Okay, uh, and and that's fine. We we're, we we disagree on certain things sometimes, and we have no problem with that. But I believe the um, I'm talking about Dave Hodges and I. You know, I believe that this whole thing is really a public relations maneuver by it's it's a manipulation being done in order to make the patriot community look like a bunch of crazy lunatics, and, and the end result is going to be that this is going to going to serve as further justification for the gun expansion expansive gun registration and ultimate confiscation that's what this is all about the the FBI the, the the DHS and everyone involved in that on the government side folks they got time on their side they can sit back and wait they don't have to do a doggone thing if people are expecting a firefight up there well i don't know if that was if, if that's the case I, I do believe it would be done without without a uh, without permission or done by a rogue agent or a rogue order somewhere. I don't believe that's right. what they want. And I believe this is the wrong place, the wrong people, the wrong time, the wrong reason. Well, this has given the DHS new footing to be able to release new threat assessment uh, documents that filter through local, state, and uh, federal law enforcement agencies uh, pertaining to militias and the dangers they pose and the ideologies they consider to be conspiratorial and dangerous and I think I have it over I brought it with me I'll have to go get it but they uh, list what some of the ideological beliefs that are conspiratorial in nature from the militias to the police for what to watch out for one of those being belief in a new world order and it literally lists the uh, new world order belief that the militias hold as a conspiracy while at the same time basically quoting Bush Sr.'s speech to the uh, on September 1st, 1991, uh, using that language and saying that if you believe that, then you know, you're a conspiracy theorist and part of this militia problem. And I find it funny because it's the president who gave that speech, uh, who you know coined that term New World Order basically, and stated that it was going to fulfill the vision of the UN's founders. Well, they list in their Department of Homeland Security document that a belief in the New World Order uh, that is using the UN's vision and implementing it uh, as its future agenda as a conspiracy. But yet you have it coming out of the mouth of, of presidents and uh, world leaders across the board. Exactly. Folks, before we go further, I want to mention that portions of the night's show brought to you by WholeTonesLive.com. That's Whole, eight, or W-H-O-L-E, Whole Tones, as an entire, WholeTonesLive.com. WholeTonesLive.com. If you haven't gone there, definitely go there. you got to check them out. Breakthrough. Doctors confirm he- healing music reduces anxiety, stress, suicidal thoughts, PTSD, and so on. Yeah, It's and great it- stuff. 
And if you're curious about it, it's the product or uh, the man behind the product, listen to our broadcast from last Tuesday in the first two hours. Mr. uh, Michael Michael Terrell. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we, we, I, I screwed up. I kept uh, enunciating the wrong syllable. Michael Terrell. Yeah. He was on the first two hours with us last Tuesday before Stan came on, and it was just a fantastic show. You couldn't find a nicer guy. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what about? I mean, you talk about the and plus having him explain. We got to have him back because the frequencies, the 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 hertz mm-hmm. the frequencies, whatever you want to call it. Um, what do you what do you call them? The frequencies. Frequencies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, certain frequencies affect one's body certain different ways. And I, I watched this, and, and this is really interesting. I watched that in my dog, um, lady or studio dog. It was interesting. She re- responded to, to different. I downloaded the samples. You go to wholetoneslive.com. You can download the samples. And I watched her respond over the course of a day. I, I, I did this just to kind of see what would happen uh, from the relaxing type to the. Um, uh, all the different types, and and I notice a behavioral change. Now, obviously, it's not scientific, but I just think when that when um, I, I just notice a behavioral change when, when when you play that stress relieving music and that relaxation music in the background. She was really docile, and she laid on the couch in the office, and usually she's kind of walking around and pacing sometimes. But anyway, I wonder if you noticed uh, your behavioral change. Yeah, if I would there was so. any. No, I was on uh, too much purple sticks by healthmasters.com from healthmasters.com, uh, purple sticks. Yeah, healthmasters.com as well. All right, folks. Um, Joe, I, I, again, we, we have to talk about the, the various issues facing us from ISIS telling Western supporters to dress like, uh, uh Westerners wear crosses and, uh, even cologne and aftershave. We, we have to talk about that. We've got to talk about. Now, we've been in the uh, studio for uh, many hours before the right. show started, and we've been dealing with a lot of other things. We have not had the yep. chance to sit down and go over content for tonight's show. Oh, that's all right. I have. And you have. Separately. We have separately. Um, the third collapse in the United States, and even perhaps Saudi Arabia or Saudi Arabia in the United States this year, financial collapse, how Russia would respond to that. ISIS, again, telling Western supporters to wear cologne and crosses to fool um, people as security. Uh, Ted Cruz, not eligible to to be president of the United States. Well, of course, neither is Barry Satoro. That said he was eligible over no. the weekend. Well, you, you, know, you know, there are a lot of lies connected, a lot of lies and misinformation. We're going to clear that misinformation up for you tonight. And it's, we're going to anger a lot of Cruz supporters. Look, the truth is the truth. We have no agenda here. I don't care. I mean, we don't have any agenda here when we talk about if Cruz is your guy, then so be it. God bless you. Great. Uh, fine. If Obama's your guy, great. God bless you. Okay. Thanks. Whatever. If uh, Trump is your guy, okay, fine. Because, see, it doesn't matter. What matters is the larger game afoot, or an arm, or a leg. No, what matters is the larger game that is being played right here. Okay, you've got to understand we are being gamed at the highest of levels. And if you don't get that, if you don't get the, the bigger picture, you could say Cruz and Huckabee, and and I like Mike Huckabee, by the way. I wish he was higher in the polls, and I certainly wish that he would, uh, you know, really grow a voice and even grow a pair and, and get out there and, and, and start making some assertive statements and, and take over. Yeah, I don't know. He's still running. I, I don't know. I, yeah, frankly, I don't know. See, I don't, look, if you get, if you get really caught up in the minutiae of the politics and the right versus left stuff, 
then you lose sight of the bigger picture. But anyway, uh, I do want to address Cruz because, you see, this was an issue back in 2008, and look what it got us. It's seven years after 9-11, a guy with a middle name, Hussein, in, in the Oval Office that is, really, we don't know his pedigree. We don't know anything about him. If I was going to do, as in my capacity as an investigator, and don't tell me, okay, there's two things I'm good at, I like to believe. One is being... One is being an investigator. I'm not going to tell you what the other thing is. And it's not what you think. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not trying to be cute. No, but, but when a person cannot pass E-Verify or, or get a job based on an E-Verify background check, which our current commander-in-chief can't, uh, all the inconsistencies, the Social Security number issued uh, from Connecticut to him from a state he never... But, I mean, but see... Just adding all this okay. up. It doesn't matter. As an investor, you being see, stop right there because you're 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 pushing too many facts on the American well, people, I'm right? Going somewhere with it. Go ahead. Go on. That all these inconsistencies add up uh, to being uneligible. Now we saw the media uh, refusing, and even the conservative media backing up Obama in this, saying people who call him ineligible are trying to uh, you know settle their own racist score or. It had nothing to do with uh, the presidency. It had to do with facts people. Is facts, right? Facts are facts, and it was spun to make it look like uh, it white people or you know opposition didn't want him to get in because of personal reasons or or racial reasons. But it doesn't matter if it's Ted Cruz or Donald Trump. Uh, if you're ineligible by law, the law should be upheld. You need to make Correct. no exceptions. Article one, anyone. section two of the Constitution of the United States really uh, states that you have to be a natural-born citizen. Mm-hmm. At issue is the really the, the legal definition of natural-born citizen. What is it? Some say that was settled. Some say it was commented on by Vattel. I mean, I, I look, we understand all of that. But if we want to be really adherent to the Constitution, we do have to to, to accept what um, the Constitution what the Constitution states. And, of course, it does state that, you know, the natural-born citizen, natural-born citizen through the law of nations, Vitell um, does does explain that further, and folks, you can do the research on that yourself. But but the bottom line: seven years after the the, the most horrendous attacks on the, on the United States, whether you believe it was done with inside help or whether you believe it wasn't, we know it was set up, uh, or we know that there was at some level, and we know at some level there was Muslim involvement, Islamic involvement. I, it doesn't matter what you, what what level you believe that involvement occurred, but there was. So. My question is: Seven years after that greatest attack, how in the world do we go from uh, uh, from really a, a, a Western European lineage of a president to to that of a uh, of an unknown lineage? Because you see, well, having the middle name Hussein, and that speaks that's important, obviously, for a number of reasons. It's not racist to point that out. I don't believe it's racist. I'm not coming at it from a racist point of view or a bigoted point of view. It's just a matter of fact. This man, Barry Satoro, which is the last legal name I could find uh, him using, is known as Barack Hussein Obama, a very Muslim-sounding name or an Arabic-sounding name, more precise. So, But but what's important and why I stopped earlier was the fact that if we were assigned this case for a Fortune 100 company, and they said, "Look, this guy, we are considering putting, you know, nominating him to, for the board of directors. We want to know about him." If the president of the board of directors from Colgate, or uh, I just, I don't know why that name popped in my head, XYZ Company, probably a bad example, Colgate, because you know, 
you know what I mean. But uh, XYZ company came to us and said, okay, we want you to do a background check on 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 Barry Satoro, Barack Hussein Obama, because we're considering to putting him at the uh, on the board of directors. And, and the head, the president of the board of directors from that corporation said, please give us a background check on this guy. And we did one. You know what our results would be? Our results he could not pass. He couldn't even be a janitor in your building. Why? Because he did not produce the documentation necessary to comply with the the initial um, investigation requirements. He sealed, and moreover, he sealed after he was elected or selected, he sealed the records. Spent over $4 million doing so. Right. And, and some might say, well, what about that birth certificate that was produced on April, what was it, April 11th of, uh, and I'm not sure what day that was. What day was that? It was uh, 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 about seven to eight days before the announcement of Osama bin Laden's no, death on was, May 1st. All right, so whenever it was. Yeah, it was in April, but nonetheless. And there's a lot of significance to that. And then think about the, uh, you know, who was calling them out publicly about the birth certificate issue is none other than Donald Trump. Right, at the time. And, and we did have some dialogue with Trump's people about that at the time, um, during that time. Right before he produced that birth certificate, uh, we, meaning this, where we sit right now, we had dialogue with Trump's uh, people about our findings with respect to the birth certificate issue. And uh, they were pretty insistent on knowing what we knew and then hooking them up with certain other people who then ultimately they got together with Arpaio and such. And So, I mean, it's interesting we played kind of a back backdoor approach to that. But, but having said all that, um, it, it's, it's a, the larger problem is convincing the American people that the rule of law doesn't matter, the Constitution doesn't matter, and the fact that Cruz can just walk in there as a Tea Party favorite, and uh, despite his eligibility, and you you mentioned Joe, you heard some things about Cruz. Well, I've got the factual background, the Cruz citizenship timeline, which will just knock everything you've got out of the water. In fact, okay. let's we'll, let's start there. Well, let's start right here with this, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> and this is for Ted Cruz. If you're not interested in this, don't worry about just sing or something. Sing to yourself, talk to yourself. Doesn't matter. Um, that go for me too. Yeah, it, it, seriously. <laughs> but I think this is important because your friends out there, and if you are a conservative and, and you and you do care about politics, and that's not a bad thing. If you want to do that, go ahead. Um, if you're a conservative and you think, well, Cruz is eligible, well, just listen to this and with an open mind. The state of Delaware. And I find this extremely interesting. The state of Delaware vital record says that no record of Eleanor Elizabeth Darug Wilson birth exists. So Ted Cruz's mother does not have a U.S. birth certificate. That's her, that's his mother. Um, everything that we're, I'm going to tell you is a matter of public record. It's all based upon publicly reported events, public statements by made by Rafael Cruz, Ted Cruz, and officials with the elect Ted movement or U.S. and Canadian officials. Now, Here's the timeline, and I'm going to go through this very quickly, so listen fast, okay? 1957, after working as a teen to help Fidel, Fidel Castro gain power in Cuba and being imprisoned for his actions by the Batista regime. Folks, you pay attention in high school, I know. Um, Cuban Rafael Cruz applies for admittance to the University of Texas as a foreign student, enters the U.S. on a four-year student visa to attend four years college. He's a Cuban citizen attending a U.S. college on a foreign visa obtained through the U.S. consulate in Havana. That's, again, that's uh, Rafael Cruz. 61 through 60, that happened in 57. Fast forward four years later, 61 through 62, 
He graduated from the University of Texas, and upon exp- expiration of his foreign student visa, Cruz Sr., that's Rafael Cruz Sr., applied for and received political asylum and was issued a green card. And, folks, that, that card, just so we were clear on terminology, a green card is a permit to reside and work in the United States. That doesn't require you to become a citizen. You, it's just a permission slip for you to work in the United States and reside in the United States. That's what a green card does. gives you that permission. Um, in this case, under the political so- asylum issue from Cruz's or Castro's uh, Cuba, his citizenship, citizenship status was that of a Cuban national living and working in the United States under that condition, under that work permit, having a, that green card work permit. Now, according to the United States laws, a green card holder must maintain permanent resident status and can be removed from this country if certain conditions of the status are, are not met. So they could kick you out, you know. So, all right, that was between 61 and 62. Between 64 and 66, Ted Cruz's father takes a few menial jobs, uh, marries, and he moves to Canada. He begins to work on the oil fields, in the oil fields in Canada. The Cruz family, during this time, 64 to 66, resides in Canada. In fact, even beyond that, into the late 60s, for about eight years, Rafael Cruz stated during an interview with NPR that he worked in Canada for eight years. And while he was in Canada, he became a U.S. citizen. Now, think about that. Here's a guy, Cruz's father, living in Havana or living in Cuba, all right, working as a teen to help Fidel, Fidel Castro gain power against Batista, comes to the United States, goes to college, gets a green card, goes to, after graduation, goes to Canada, works in the oil fields, and then, thank you very much, United States, claims... Canadian citizenship. Right. So, <laughs> but, but his multi-country odyssey really did not follow traditional models for immigration. It's interesting. You see, Cruz himself, Ted Cruz himself, seems to be an advocate of these traditional immigration models. Maybe he should be a little bit more tolerant of the non-traditional versions, giving his father's history, perhaps, one might think. That's just... Interesting. But so fast forward to nineteen seventy and boy does this make me feel old. Ted Cruz is born. Nineteen seventy. Show of hands. How many people are older than that? Alright. Well. Hmm. I don't see anyone raising their hand. Actually we're hobbled because there's no one in the studio, so <laughs> Yeah. So, Cruz was born in 1970 in Canada to two parents who had lived in Canada for at least four years at that time, and he applied for and received Canadian citizenship under Canadian immigration and naturalization laws, as stated by Raphael Cruz. That's Ted Cruz. As a result, the U.S. statutes would have voided the prior green card status which requires, among other things, permanent residency with the United States, within the U.S., and obviously not become a, c- a citizen of another country. You, you don't want to have a green card and become a citizen of Canada and expect that green card not to be voided, at least at that time when we follow the rule of law, right? In 1974, four years later, when Ted was four years old, he moved to uh, a family, a Cruz family, moved to the United States. 
Raphael, uh, his father publicly stated that he remained a citizen of Canada until he renounced his Canadian citizenship when he applied for and became a U.S. naturalized citizen in 2005. Hmm. All right. As a result, his wife and son were also Canadian citizens, his son being born a citizen of Canada in 1970, and that's referencing uh, uh, Ted Cruz. In 2005, once again, I just want to drive this point home, Raphael Cruz applies for legal U.S. citizenship, renounces his Canadian citizenship. No record of Ted renouncing his Canadian citizenship or applying for U.S. citizenship exists as of 2005. So did you catch that? 2005, uh, the Cruz family, or, uh, yeah, 2005, Rafael Cruz applies for U.S. legal U.S. citizenship, renounces his Canadian citizenship. There's no record of Ted renouncing his Canadian citizenship in 2005. At that point, he would have been 35 years old, roughly, 34, 35. Now, 2013, freshman senator Ted Cruz he becomes a rising star in the Tea Party movement I guess you can be a Canadian citizen and be a United States senator somebody check the constitution on that I don't know should have paid more attention in uh, history well that will do you only so good as far as the laws haven't been changed you know well yeah exactly now, 2013 July, Ted Cruz is questioned by the press about his interest in running for the president, and the issue of his Canadian-born citizenship is brought up. Cruz rejected questions um, over his eligibility to be president, saying that although he's born in Canada, the facts are clear that he is a U.S. citizen. I'm not sure how that works. I guess if I think it, I could be it. Right? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. goes back to the Tavistock in mind thing. My mother was born in Wilmington, Delaware, he said. She's a U.S. citizen, so I'm a U.S. citizen by birth, Cruz told ANC. I'm not going to engage in a legal debate. That's the uh, in an interview. So Cruz right there said, hey, my mom was, my mama was born in Wilmington, Delaware. She's a U.S. citizen, so I'm so I'm a U.S. citizen by birth. Guarantee you. That, I mean, I know where my mama was born. I, be, I bet you everyone you know where your mama was born, too, right? I'd hope so. Uh, yeah. <coughs> At least I know where I was born. I think I know where you were born. I was there, yeah. Well, now, Cruz omits part of his father's story, in particular the part about his parents applying for and receiving Canadian citizenship prior to Ted's birth in Calgary. He also attempts to gloss the gloss beyond way beyond the actual definition of natural born citizen by applying it's a mere legal debate for others to figure out. Oh how convenient. What the heck? We'll just leave a certain what we'll do is we'll select selectively enforce the parts of the US Constitution that are expedient to do so and the heck with the rest, right? Alright. Well he seeks uh in August twenty thirteen we see that Cruz suddenly becomes bolstered by the Tea Party. And I got my concerns about the Tea Party. Okay, I understand T in uppercase letters is an acronym for tax enough already. But I don't want to digress, but go ahead. No, all right. All right. So, anyway, he, he in, in August that year, 2013, he, you can see his political stock rising among the Tea Party people. So, 
concurrent with it, that, that rise within the Tea Party, press, the press began to question him about his eligibility for office. And, and I've watched on these, especially the political websites. Again, you can go to Free Republic and, and the Free, Free Republic website, the forum. You got people who, who raise these people up like these politicians as idols. Oh, the Cruz. Oh my gosh, Cruz. You know, hey, Obama wasn't eligible, but Cruz is doggone it. I don't want to hear anything about it. Look, it's all political theory. You're being gamed. You're being manipulated. And it's sad to see so many people not, not being able to tell they're being gamed. And that's, uh, I would say, a direct relation to a lack of a spiritual, um, discernment. Belief. Uh, and structure. Yes. I mean, we know that, uh, people put other men up on pedestals. People look for saviors in the form of men on this earth and that has been since the beginning of time and will continue until the lord jesus returns and sadly uh it is a a one of the faults of human of humanity human nature we look for a savior in men and rather than uh, look to our savior uh, in heaven and uh, people will continue to do this just like ancient israel they it got so bad that they were looking for a king a, a man that the Lord gave them a king. Uh, they didn't need a king. They had the Lord as their uh, as their governor, and he ruled Israel as a nation, uh, and the people wanted a king. They said, other nations have kings. We want a king. Yeah. So he had to implement a king in, for the wishes of the people, even though it was against their their what was good for them. And be careful what you want. We mm-hmm. are looking too at the possibility of, of you know, a, a king. It's okay, uh, perhaps one might say, to have somebody come in and change the laws seemingly for the better, and uh, you know, take uh, executive actions that we would ordinarily complain about, and do so under the pretext of. of of changing our country back to what the way it should be, but but bear bear in mind that you know it's a, it's a two edged sword. Mm-hmm. Okay, now in uh, as 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 uh, really as a stock rose within the Tea Party, the questions about the citizenship rose as well. Now he sought legal counsel as the media began pressing members of the Canadian Immigration and Naturalization to clear up the matter. When instead Canadian officials confirmed that Ted Cruz, and this is back in August of thirteen, was in fact born a legal citizen of Canada, the son of two parents who had also applied for and received Canadian citizenship prior to Ted's birth. Now, the reason we're telling you this is not to discuss one political candidate over another, but, well, you can take that perhaps as part of this, but the reason to tell you this is we must be consistent. When we talk about Obama, we must talk about anyone else that falls under that Article 2 definition. I apologize, though, I said Article 1. Article 2 of the Constitution that discusses uh, uh, the natural born requirements. So we have to be consistent and we have to be, uh, transparent. So, uh, legal counsel advises Ted Cruz to renounce his Canadian citizenship in order to make him eligible to run for the presidency. I'm not sure how that works again, according to Article 2 of the Constitution. Uh, of course, renouncing his Canadian citizenship, really, what would that do? That would really just simply reinforce the original citizenship in May of last year, May of 2014, Ted Cruz, through his legal counsel, they filed to renounce Ted's Canadian citizenship in an effort to make him eligible to run for high office. Again, citing clause 
Article, uh, setting the Natural Born Citizen Clause, Article 2, in the United States Constitution. And, and even the, the newspaper in Austin, Texas, and other places reported on this were, um, in fact, uh, Dateline, May 2014, Austin, Texas, U.S. or Canadian-born U.S. Senator uh, Ted Cruz has given up his citizenship from his birth country, that being Canada, obviously, making good on a promise from last summer. And I won't I won't read the article any further. And then as of as of uh, February 4th of last year, no evidence of any U.S. citizenship has been released to confirm anything at all about the true citizenship status of Ted Cruz. So once again, because Cruz, Ted Cruz had been confirmed a legal citizen of Canada up until renouncing his Canadian citizenship in May of 2014, and because he was a confirmed citizen of Canada at birth, and because his father is on public record stating that he and wife, his wife became citizens of Canada during their eight years of living in Canada, and because Raphael Cruz remained a citizen of Canada until he renounced and applied for legal U.S. citizenship in 2005. There's simply no way, no way, no way in the world that Ted Cruz can be considered, classified, called, or even noted as a natural-born citizen of the United States, eligible for the offices of president or vice president. So what does that mean? Does this mean that the members of the Tea Party are engaged in some sort of overt effort to defraud the Tea Party members or the Tea Party itself? Are you engaged in some normalcy bias? Are you just whacking your head against the wall? What's going on here? These facts are very well documented. You can decide, folks, yourself. And um, I should point out that a person, one who inherits their citizenship at birth via natural alone from their natural birth father is a natural-born citizen of the United States, according to all available information on Cruz and his family, and it goes to Canada. So is he just being disingenuous? What's going on here? And once again, I started off with the state of Delaware vital record saying that uh, uh, his mother wasn't born there. With the, uh, we know about the North American Union and the, the you know the push to uh, create Mexico, Canada, and America into one you know bureaucratic uh, political body, which was pushed from Bush and has continued and through Obama and. Between the, the secret legislations and papers that have been signed behind closed doors to what's in the open, we might not be, they might not be breaking the law by allowing Ted Cruz, a natural born citizen of Canada, to become president of the United States as, for all we know, we are already under an agreement of a North American Union type governance. So it might not be an issue. Well, s- somebody should pass that <laughs> memo forth. Yes, because, they should. Uh, I'm just thinking outside the box, but you know, yeah, yeah, I know I, I get that, but, but somebody should pass that memo along, and and you know we we've got a, a pretty extensive library here, and, and thank you all for assisting us in and having the accessibility to research. I mean, family of secrets about the Bush family, and, and so much, uh, so so many uh, uh, resource materials and applications for the same, but but. Um, uh, all of these come into play when we when we do research for stories and of course our program. Now let me exp- let me just get into one more thing, Joe. I mean it's it's uh, no, you're right. But uh, so, we, got, I, we got 15 minutes till top of the hour. If you want to just continue, yeah, you know, and, 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 and I'm gonna and, and Eric, you can, I'm gonna you can key the pictures up here shortly or get ready to key the picture, pictures up here because there is something going on here. And if you if you we right now and Russ Dizdar talks about. 
the dirtying of the air and and, and can you feel how this this uh, this inkiness this really black inkiness is kind of coming over the land people and i've talked to people um deliberately uh about this whether it's whether it's the checker person you know checking for checking out the store or whether it's a nurse or whether it's a somebody working in an office setting or whether it's who who know i mean it doesn't matter i've talked to people about this i'm trying to take this Trying to get a handle on things. So rather than do it, you know, with, with a camera, I just strike up a conversation. But, but there is a fear of collapse of the United States here in 2016. And there's also a fear of, uh, that, that's among the people I've talked to and that's among the sources of intel that we have. Key being the sources of intel. The people can feel it. The sources of intel are providing this information. Folks, there was a, a report that was issued uh, from the Security Council. It's, as a matter of fact, it's uh, it made its way to the Kremlin. It's a warning that in 2016 we might w- very well see the collapse of governments of the United States and even Saudi Arabia. All right, you're 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 looking at something that I talked about back in 2012, 2013, 2011. It's a revolt from within. We are being prepped for civil war. Folks, if you can't feel it, civil war is coming to the United States. And there it is. For those watching on YouTube, there it is. What do you think all that ammunition? I mean, it's got multiple purposes. Ammunition? The government buys it? Are they going to use it? Sure. Does it, if they buy enough of it, does that create a, a shortage? Absolutely. Does that drive up the price so the average person like you and I can't afford it? Absolutely. Does it take it off the street so we, we can't, you know, our guns are nothing more than expensive paperweights, boat anchors? Sure. If you can't, if you can't get AR-15 ammunition, whatever that is, what is it? Or if you can't get AK or whatever SRS or whatever gun you might have, if you can't get the ammunition, you got an expensive paperweight. What are you gonna do? Throw it at the throw it at the at the people coming after your guns? The Security Council report does does reference Putin and saying that um, saying that basically they're aware of problems within the United States that the American people aren't even aware of. That being a potential revolt on the horizon. That report cites many facts in many, well, of the many facts involved in fearing the collapse of the United States government, according to this report, the the Security Council report. The report says that there are many warnings being issued in America today that, and I quote this from the report, internal war is on the horizon. Internal war is on the horizon. Now, some people are even saying it's already begun. Consider what I'm saying, folks, in the context of the situation in the Pacific Northwest. All is not what it appears to be. Stuart Rhodes of Oath Keepers, where are they? They're not there. Why? January 1st, 2016, Stuart Rhodes explained why. Wrong place, wrong time, among other things. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong people. 
Now you will notice there are other people, other people there. Look, folks, I'm not going to pass judgment. There are people who will do things. When I say I'm not going to pass judgment, let me let me be clear because that statement sometimes is taken the wrong way. I am not going to comment on the intentions of the people who have responded to and are supporting Ammon Bundy at, in the Pacific Northwest. Because I do truly believe there are people who are there with with the intent of being positive assets to freedom, to the freedom of this country. But I also believe there are people up there who are using the system, exploiting this incident, and daring the federal government to do something because they're itching for a civil war. Well, just wait. It's coming to you. It's kind of like poking somebody in the chest. You can do a lot of things to me, you know, but don't poke me in the chest, boy. <laughs> There's a complete polarization of the American people against each other. And uh, there's a recent Princeton study, again cited by this report, um, that this polarization is because we've become an oligarchy. We have become an oligarchy. Folks, it's a big club and you ain't in it. Remember George Carlin? I ain't in it. We ain't in it. The power structure that we see right now. Those tuning into YouTube, you can check out the picture. You can see who's in power. It's a small number of people. Those are the faces of the people that are pulling the strings. These aren't the string pullers. These are the chess pieces. These are the bishops and queens and kings and rooks and knights and we're not even the pawns. Well, we might be. But you see, the situation in the United States is grave, and it exists in the United States. If we ignore it, we ignore it at our own peril. The oligarchs, this small group of people, the faces behind the actual string pullers, the number of people who are the string pullers and their faces, a very small number of people. And if I was these, if I were these people, and I'm serious about this, I'm genuinely concerned because when you look at these people, they're enjoying their wealth, their, their earthly treasures right now. <laughs> uh, they're the faces of the real rich people, like Rockefeller, Jacob Rockefeller. Have you seen this guy? Have you seen Jacob Rockefeller? Have you seen his? Have you seen Rocky? Did I did I send you a picture of that? Eric? Hang on a second. Well, let me check something out. Hang on. Stand by. I'm not sure. I guess not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You can find numerous pictures of Jacob Rockefeller. I mean, he's worth what five hundred trillion dollars. What? How? How can you even count that? Okay. Seriously, what is a trillion dollars? Folks, that's a rhetorical question. But, but see, anyway, look at the look at Hillary Clinton, who we discussed earlier, mentioned earlier, who's the wife of President, former President Bill Clinton. He's a former U.S. senator. She's a she was a former U.S. senator, former U.S. Secretary of State. 
the driving force in the greatest gift of bankers ever seen in the United States when she personally pushed, and folks, remember this part of Clinton. This is not discussed very much. She pushed through Congress a law forbidding for the first time in America ever college students to declare bankruptcy. Or she pushed for a law forbidding college students to, to uh, wipe out their, their their school loans via bankruptcy. Think about that. As U.S. Senator, that's what she did. You see, this is not something, and, and people will look at the the uh, the entire picture here uh, of people like Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and and Bush and Obama and all this, and and see this randomness, this this kind of like a like a big bag of popcorn in the microwave, and you might have a, a kernel pop over on the left and a kernel pop on the right, and all these pops are random. No, no, no. In this case, this is all gamed out. This is all planned out. But as senator, one of the most one of the most important things that she did was she personally pushed through U.S. Congress a law forbidding for the first time in American history college students to declare bankruptcy on their student loans, which forbidding that, plunging millions into a life of financial bondage okay unable to contribute their earnings to their nation's economy as all their money now goes to the bankers now I'm not saying that one should be able to willy-nilly declare bankruptcy and, and expunge student loan debt that's not what I'm saying at all I'm saying you've got to look at the bigger picture and seeing how we as people of the, this United States or people of the West, if you're listening to this in the UK or, or Germany or wherever you might be listening to this, Singapore, God bless you. Taiwan, God bless you. It doesn't matter where you live, where your feet are, where you rest your head at night. If you're living in this free country known as the West or even the Far East, it doesn't matter. See, we're being plunged into servitude, and, and this is what people need to understand. This has been planned for not just years and decades, but for centuries. And they are worried about a civil war. And look at look at the following in Hillary Clinton's footsteps, this wholesale plundering uh, to wealth scheme to enrich bankers. Uh, Obama, think about this. His first four years in office, he increased his net worth 800%. His net worth, stepping into the, that Oval Office... 1.3 million. First four years, 11.8 million. When he leaves, guess what? He's, he's going to be able to rake in about another $100 million more. It's a big club and you ain't in it. We ain't in it. It's a big club, folks. You see, now... And that goes for not only the presidents, but all elected officials in the state uh, senates to the Congress to uh, the Senate all increase net worth once they are elected to those positions. Right. Yeah. We go back to the Economist magazine, and we only have a few minutes to the top of the hour. We go back to the Economist magazine. Joe, you've got a copy there. And again, one of the biggest things that surprised me when I when I purchased that magazine initially earlier, fourteen bucks for a magazine. When that happened, wow. Anyway, it, it, when you compare, and this is something we, we did that I've done and I've been doing, and I spent some time, I spent some time with my wife this weekend and just kind of, uh, unplugged the phones, unplugged the, the computer, unplugged the, me, unplugged the, everything, and, you know, but one thing I did was I, I was looking at the, doing some research and looking at the economy, uh, economist cover from 2015. 
and looking at that, looking at the basis of looking at the analyses conducted of that cover, and then looking at the cover of the Economist in 2016, comparing, for example, what we saw in the cover of 2015, what happened during the course of 2015, and kind of getting a sense of of whether it was a, a, a self fulfilling prediction or prediction or, or or just a wishful thinking. And again, these pictures on the cover, and that's just half the cover. The real cover is expanded. And by the way, after checking emails today, which I should have done earlier, or should have done this weekend, I guess, got a lot of emails. Thank you. Got a lot of great feedback on The Economist magazine, a lot of great tips. Oh, my goodness, so many people are so sharp. Thank you for your assessments. But but see, this all goes back to... Uh, this all goes back to uh, what this oligarchy is doing to, to our country. When Obama and the oligarchs associated with him, including the Bush and Clinton dynasties folks, have really destroyed this country's ability to make jobs, to create jobs. The middle class is in the crosshairs. The startups are in the crosshairs. Businesses in the crosshairs. There's nothing stopping these 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 people from pillaging the American people, from you and pillaging you and I. A staggering 75% of the American public believe corruption is widespread in their government. And it's not incompetence, but corruption. That is the, this alarming, um, that this alarming figure has held up steady since 2010. Bottom line, it's not incompetence. It's not a failure. It's success. It's not a failure of foreign policy that we see things taking place over over in the Middle East, the chaos taking place. It's success. Domestically, it's not a failure of domestic response that we see division among the races. It's a success. We, the United States, the people of the United States are being pushed into a civil war. We're back, being backed into a corner. Where it's being done economically. It's being done racially, socially. And it's being done with with rapid acumen. Focus. Very deeply. That'll do it for us for the first hour on this Monday, January 11, 2016. Coming back strong. Uh, we're going to be back with our number two news. We're going to hit news hard in the second hour, followed by the third hour, your phone calls. Maybe. And more news. Maybe. Maybe we just might just... Maybe we'll just... Depends on if uh, you can know. get the phone working, pressing the right button. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty we'll be right back here on Global Star over. Radio Network on this Monday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us, guys. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Hour 2 of this Hagman and Hagman Report on this Monday, 
January 11, 2016. We're coming to you live from Northwest Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. We're live on Global Star Radio Network, seen live on YouTube, and simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. It's a chilly 16 degrees, huh? Man, Traffic had, and light? No, no, I'm kidding. We had the nicest fall and into winter, the nicest, mildest I can remember, uh, up until New Year's morning when we woke up and there was snow on the ground. And yeah, when there's lots of snow rough. and it's gray and it gets dark early, we like to sleep. We like to get good night's sleeps. And if you don't Some get a good night's that. sleep, we usually don't have a great day, sure. um, which leads us to our announcement before we get back into the news. Well, I'm not sure exactly how that works into Whole Tones Live. No, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, actually. I thought we were doing Casper. No, actually. My uh, fault. Whole Tones. Well, you know what, Casper? It, uh, have you tried your Cap- Casper mattress yet? Go to Casper. Casper.com slash CFP radio. Seriously, um, there's an unscheduled, just a little notation because they're great mattresses. And, and I do have to say that you have one of those mattresses and Whole Tones Live playing in the background. Oh, oh, oh man. You know, WholeTonesLive.com has a great offer for Hagman and Hagman listeners. Go to WholeTonesLive.com and, and check out what they've got. Uh, you can order DVD sets. Have that music playing in the background. And we know how frequency this is not this is uh, this is actually out of the bible god spoke the world into existence there's frequencies that are being used so when you're lying back on your casper mattress have some frequencies use the frequencies as god intended a gift from god the the hertz megahertz scale and Michael Terrell, Joe, you pointed out that he had talked about that. Yeah, and unfortunately, too often we like to work out and get going based on the secular music and, and oh, music yeah. on the radio, which is not anything that is healthy for your mind or your body. Uh, it is counterintuitive to a, a healthy uh, spiritual mind and body That's system. Right. Uh, you know, I, I was I, I used to I, I was great for having classical music playing in the background of my mm-hmm. office when I worked, okay? And um, I like to do that. Still. Yeah, because it, it does clear your mind, but even better. If you ever do... If, and if you own a company and you have a, a labor force, when I say labor force, I'm, you know what, I, I don't even want to qualify. Uh, disclaim, you know, use disclaimers for terms. If, if you have people working for you, or if you have people working, or if you're working yourself, have music that aids in productivity. Use music that aids in uh, stress reduction if you're stressed. Use music to aid in healing if you have an ailment. God has given these gifts to us. Go to WholeTonesLive.com, WholeTonesLive.com, and check it out. Definitely check it out. Michael Michael Terrell, you heard him on Hagman and Hagman last Tuesday. What a great guy. Yeah, if you have any doubts before you want to order the product or even listen to it, Go back to that interview first yeah. two hours Tuesday and yeah. listen to uh, Mr. Terrell and uh, his background, what he explained on the show, how he how he came to find this and and use it. And uh, he's a great Christian man, and uh, we look forward to having more interviews with him on the show. That's right. And since we're all over the place with with uh, sponsors, <laughs> why not talk about the healthmasters.com? You know, healthmasters.com, as you're sleeping on your Casper mattress, <laughs> listening to Whole Tones Live, you might as well be uh, uh, popping some good nutritional supplements. They've got them. Whole, uh, 
healthmasters.com. They've got them. While you're eating some American survival wholesale freeze-dried candy. And That's food. right. There, there you go. We, we got you covered every which way. We got you covered every which way. But I'm serious. You can tell the difference when you take um, supplements from healthmasters.com. Healthmasters.com. You can tell the difference. During the break, I actually went up there and did take some uh, vitamins. Well, yeah, uh, it's because you're, you know, you're... Just to, because, you know, when you kind of feel a cold coming on or you get that itch in the back of your throat, you're not sure if you're going to get a sore throat. Or that's why, that's why I, I, I spray Lysol down on the microphones and everything. I, I went up and I grabbed some vitamins and I, and I took them, even though I should be taking them every day and every morning as, right. as I'm supposed to. But, uh, you know, life gets so hectic sometimes you forget and, uh, I wanted to make sure that I, I took my vitamins today, so I went up and took some out of your stash. Just yeah, you know. That's right. I've got them. Actually, I've got them in a, in a bug out bag. Um, it, it's interesting too. I think we need to be prepared. You know, I'd mentioned the first hour and the closing of the first hour. Really, if you can't see civil war coming, we are a nation divided. We are a country divided. The influx of immigrants into this country, we, we know what that's about. It's not about some humanitarian relief effort because we, we, when, and my wife gets mad at me when I say this, we caused this, but she, she says, please make the distinction between the government, the criminal elements within the government and the, the people that are, you know, doing a good job. And, and I should do that. Mm-hmm. We should do that. Yeah. When we say that we caused this, please understand we're not, we, we cannot paint with a broad brush the people within our government. Because there are some good, hardworking people there that want to do the right thing. We have to acknowledge those people. On the other hand, there are people who are running a criminal enterprise of their own, and it's that cabal, it's that oligarchy, it's that oligarchical system, it's that uh, that uh, neo-Nazi. Well, there's nothing yeah, neo-Nazi about these people. It's all Nazi about the people. It's that's that fascist part. The criminal group inside the government, just yeah. like when... You know, uh, you were talking about message boards and, and, yes. uh, the yes. attitudes and, and, uh, ideas that are, are pushed off there. So often we see, um, and, and even take it back to 9-11 and, and the way that uh, it was dealt with with Afghanistan and Iraq, even though there was no connection to the attacks that they had. We well, one can make a stronger them. argument with Afghanistan, but then that's the Brzezinski well, uh, right. aspect of things. But a good example is with Russia. We see tensions between Russia and America building. That's correct. The American people and the Russian people, I'm sure, understand that there is no problem. You know, we could get along perfectly fine with each other. Yep. It's the governments that are creating the problem. It's the governments that decide to launch wars. But, but it, now, let me let me clarify that even further. It's the globalists holding positions within the governments, mm-hmm. and it's the non-governmental organizations or NGOs. Sometimes I'll mention NGOs. NGOs uh, are are heavily involved in, in in the gaming of of all of us. They are heavily involved in in creating the, the geopolitical landscape across the globe, including. America, including Canada, including the country where you're listening to this from. So just be clear about that. And humanity as a whole, regular people, whether you're Ukrainian, Russian, Chinese, American, nobody wants war. Nobody wants to see famines and mass, you know, genocides. This doesn't happen as groups of regular people get together, uh, you know, to plan and plot how to destroy the rest of populations. I'd say 99.9% of all humanity on earth right now want nothing more than peace and, and, and just 
to be able to live their life in in a simple manner, raising their children and family. That's right. But as you said, it's a a criminal cabal inside of a uh, authoritative system that creates these conflicts. And you know, you've seen it. We've seen it all too often, where nations of people are sent off to wars that really have no business. They have no business fighting in. And it's sad yeah. um, when we see how controlled we really are when. You know, zero point zero zero one percent of the the people of this earth are the ones that that want this this war, uh, as they use it as a way to make money or uh, to call the population, whatever the purposes may be. Uh, while the rest of humanity yeah. could coexist without these evil cabalists and can and would do so peacefully, and it's just uh, we have to break the chains of the control that they have over us. And it's um, not going to happen till till Jesus returns, but it will happen. It, 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 indeed, and, and we have to understand. I believe, you know, we can easily say we're being gamed. We can easily say that, for example, um, the elections are nothing but a sham. This is a big club. It's an oligarchy. It's a party that, and, and you're not part of it. We understand that. We can say that, but. Oftentimes we don't really give you the background, or oftentimes the background is not really given in a conversational manner. It's either strictly like a documentary, or strictly in a in a manner that um, doesn't have any cohesiveness to it. I'd like to be able to talk about the CIA's involvement, for example, in the counterculture. Um, I had mentioned last week about uh, the Tavistock Institute, and I really, I, I really am between the occult, the, the Nazi occult, and the Tavistock. Both really, and, and Paul McGuire writes about this in in, in um, a prophecy of the future of America in Mass Awakening and the Babylon Code. He references this. Yeah, the whole counterculture uh, uh, breakdown. Yeah, yeah. He does a fantastic job. He, he speaks about it. Right. Yeah. We need to understand this because you had, you know, as you look as you look past to the 20th century, and some people find this boring, but, but you know, if you're being gamed, okay, how are you being gamed? Who's gaming you? Why? And Is it all of a sudden, or how do we get to this point? We had the first two wars, World War One, World War Two, and then, well, of course, you can go back, uh, you know, wars before that, and then Korean conflict, Vietnam, Vietnam, Korean War. Right? Yeah. So you can see how this has gone, and then, of course, we had the bump with Desert Storm, and, and that was a total lie with uh, Kuwait, and, and that was just a, we were gamed then. Now the longest war in U.S. history, right. that being that of Afghanistan. So right, so we have to sit back and say, well, well how did all of this happen? And who are the people who really put this into play? Because in order to fight an enemy, I believe this anyway, in order to fight an enemy effectively, you have to identify, and you have to identify the enemy, identify the game plan, identify the playbook of the enemy, and understand what to, you know, identify the the tools of the enemy and, and, and the events that they create so you can avoid being trapped by them, being ensnared by them. That's why this is so important. Because you can look at today's news. You could look at the, or even go back and watch some documentaries. Walter Cronkite and Howard K. Smith and all these people. Uh, the uh, uh, Huntley Brinkley report. Y- y- you've got to understand the the level of programming that was being barraged that by these by television mm-hmm. and by the news. And and our parents were part of this. We were part of this. 
actually showed my mom this weekend the video of Walter Cronkite. Uh, at, he was uh, retiring, and they held a, a banquet ceremony for him, and Hillary Clinton was there and, and yep. introduced them. And my mom had never seen this part before where he referenced, I think it was uh, Paul Robertson or Pat Buchanan, saying that we'll never achieve a one-world government until Jesus returns uh, to establish his thousand-year reign. And Walter Cronkite says, well... Uh, Join me as I uh, sit at the right hand of Satan, and uh, yeah, it was it was said partly tongue in cheek, and I think you're, you're paraphrasing it. I am paraphrasing it, but but um, it was said somewhat tongue in cheek, but with this this huge ego of, of Walter Cronkite. And do YouTube YouTube search Walter Cronkite uh, Satan, and yeah. it will come up, and you'll be able to yeah, see. You the, can see it. It's a minute thirteen, I think. Uh, again, the, the numerical aspect of things rather interesting. Of course, I, the clip might not be. I mean, the actual the conversation might not, might not be a minute thirteen exactly, but but notice the numbers. Um, and, and I was going through some things too, and I know we have the news to get to, but I just found it interesting, Joe. That I was going through some. Um, we, we've got the Super Bowl halftime show coming up that we need to be paying attention to. Um, all of this symbolism. We if if we accept we're being gamed, then we have to accept that there are game gamers. Okay, and if we accept that, then we have to accept that they have their own little communication system. And if mm-hmm. we accept that, then we have to ask, well, where is their communication system? Where are they operating? How are they communicating out in the open? What are they doing? Are they mocking us? Are they warning us? Yes, yes, both. And of course, we see that taking place in, the, in ceremonies like the Olympics, like the uh, halftime shows, in the regular headlines, in the headlines, correct? You know, and, and some messages are are being conveyed through new numbers and, and symbols. Mm-hmm. And I just saw, um, it was, I, I just saw all of the uh, Illuminati style uh, hand gestures. You know, the, the making of the pyramid and the covering of one eye and. Uh, putting the covering of a hand, and then of course the, uh, the Masonic handshakes, all these signs and symbols. And the uh, Baphomet, Baphomet uh, stance, um, yeah. as some do, and if you watch the music videos and performances and award yeah. shows, you'll see a lot of that. Even incorporated into the Thanksgiving Day parade, I don't remember which float it was, but it had uh, the same the same symbolism. Sure, and, and it is just. Um, it is out there everywhere. And we talked about this last week and the week before, how symbols were, are really the one true language that people have used from uh, the beginning till now to communicate different things to different people for those who are initiates or understand what those mean. And how the swastika is not just a Nazi symbol, it goes back uh, long, well before the Nazis ever incorporated it as a symbol. Um, the pyramid being one, especially with the unfinished capstone, symbolizes the agenda from Nimrod, creating the Tower of Babel, and it being incomplete mm. until we see its completion as they try as they are trying to use the United States to bring about that completion. And and from the plains of Shinar, the Tower of Babel, Nimrod, the unfinished work of Nimrod is being completed right now. You're mm-hmm. absolutely correct. And um, you're absolutely 100% correct. Uh, I, I just let me stop you for a second. I, I got an email. I don't. It's difficult for me to check email uh, during the show. I got an email from Steve K. Um, and I'm going to read the email. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to read this because it was about a subject we just covered, and it was about Ted Cruz. 
and I'm going to read this. After hearing your assertion that Ted Cruz is not legitimately eligible to hold the office of president, I got on Facebook this morning and challenged you to prove it. Okay. Is he talking to you? Yeah. Okay. I got on Facebook this morning and challenged you to prove it. Okay, well. Had you made statements about uh, this before? Uh, yeah. It, it, he could very well be talking from another part of the world, so I don't know. I was a little indignant and reacted defensively. For that, I apologize. Uh, don't worry about it. I, I I don't see the Facebook postings, really. I don't look, I don't look on Facebook. <laughs> um, okay, I found an article today that you better, or that, uh, well, I guess that's your problem there in, in your writing. I found an article today that better states my belief that Ted Cruz is, in fact, constitutionally eligible to be POTUS. In case you don't want to use that link, I've copied it for, uh, below. Ted Cruz has proven throughout his career to be the strongest advocate, advocate for the Constitution I've seen in my lifetime. And I'm in my 50s. I'm in my 50s, too, uh, Steve. So we're, we've got that in common. Frankly, he writes, I found your position surprisingly out of character for Doug Hagman. All right. Uh, he, he writes, I think the constitutional evidence will show that your current position is misguided on this one. And it's an important issue to get right. I, I agree. It's a very important issue to get right. I certainly agree. Please do your due diligence while investigating the subject. I have faith that you will. Okay. What was that we just did? That was due diligence, I believe, right? Well, um, I, well yeah. You went over the actual history from his parents. No, and Steve, I'm to, not picking on you, okay? I'm, I'm, I, no, this needs to be clarified because, see, this is the problem. We saw a lot of people not in the media or in positions of authority to make a difference, raise the issue of eligibility with Obama. That's right. And, now, and, because and, and we, we were a, told, oh, that's not the issue. That, that's a diversion. Don't don't bring right. it up. So go ahead. Now, just because there's a candidate in there who, who <coughs> might be good, who uh, I'm not saying we like, but people like, conservatives like, uh, who might actually be good for the country, um, we're supposed to overlook the fact that he's not eligible because... Yeah. He might be good. I, I mean, this is what, what has gotten us into the mess we're in now. I, I'm privy to I'm privy to communications that even you know Meredith Vieira, uh, you know that celebrity Meredith Vieira. Her brother even said he's not eligible. The one that was on, uh, but the then you know, I get that. The yeah. millionaire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that went goo goo over the marine and yeah, yeah, herself. Yeah. All right. But anyway, I, I don't know which part of this. Uh, Steve, you object to. I will check out that Breitbart link that you had, uh, uh, given. I do, I do believe, and it, without, okay, look, a Canadian citizen could very well, uh, be constitutional, you know, be biased toward the, the United States Constitution. He could be the strongest advocate for the Constitution. That doesn't change the fact that he could perhaps not be eligible. Based on the Constitution itself, our current Commander in Chief is a constitutional scholar. Well, that's yeah, and lawyer. Yeah, but but see, I read. Go back, uh, sir. Go back and listen to what I said. And I, I'm not going to spend any more time on this uh, because I do believe, uh, really, that, or I don't believe that really it, it 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 matters all that much in the bigger picture because we are being gamed. However, for those people who really want to uphold the Constitution, as I do, but for the people who believe that our Constitution still is valid across the United States, we have to look at this without um, without any type of... Uh, uh, we have to look at this with intellectual honesty. Folks, look, if we do an investigation, 
And, and I, I have to say this as a as an investigator in the private sector, I did perhaps one of the one of the most difficult investigations in my life, and that was investigating the murder of a family member. And so I was investigating friends of my family and my family with the idea that if it came back, whoever it was, this five-year-old cold case on solved murder, it didn't matter to me if it came back wherever the evidence led me. That was the bottom line on it. If it led me to wherever within the family, that's the way it is. So we have to look at this with intellectual honesty. I ask you, Steve, and I, and I ask you, I, I had given, I'm not going to go through this uh, cruise citizenship timeline again. This is all a matter of public record. All of it is based on publicly re- 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 uh, reported events, public statements made by Cruz's father, public statements made by Ted Cruz, officials with the elect Ted movement. It doesn't matter how much he loves and advocates the Constitution. If he's not eligible, he's not eligible. Period. End of story. And uh, and I'll be glad to look at your link and, and, and with an open mind and the intellectual honesty, but I challenge you that all of the statements I made during this program, I challenge you, sir. Find fault with them. Find error in those statements. Go ahead. All right. Let's move on to some news. This is a story that you pointed out. Um, that as ISIS tells Western supporters to wear aftershave and Christ, uh, Christian crosses while plotting new Paris-style attacks. Yep. Terror Group released an English-language manual telling readers how to avoid security services. Um, militants fighting for ISIS in Syria and Iraq have issued a chilling guide advising would-be jihadists living in the West on how to avoid security services while plotting Paris-style attacks. The 58-page English-language manual, which has been published online, online, tells fanatics to wear or to trim their beards, wear Western-style aftershave, and even pretend to be Christians by wearing cross necklaces in order to avoid arousing suspicion. The document, titled Safety and Security Guidelines for Lone Wolf Mujahideen, explains not only how militants can avoid having a plot thwarted by Western security officials, but also suggesting potential targets to attack. The document, titled Safety and Security Guidelines for Lone Wolf Mujahideen, explains how militants can avoid having their terror plots thwarted. No doubt that today, at an era of lone wolves, Brothers in the West need to know some important things about safety in order to ensure success in their operations. The document introduction reads, We found a lot of non-Arabic-speaking brothers and find it interesting in how it may apply uh, in their blessed operation, it adds, suggesting militants can carry out attacks on nightclubs where loud music and lack of obvious exits could cause additional panic, The guide also explains how radicalized Muslims who are not from a Western background could avoid making simple mistakes that could out them as terrorists. That's right. The whole thing is this magazine, and folks, please understand what Joe's getting at. I printed this out. There's a magazine. There's two things going on here. There's a magazine that... uh, Kybernetic? Kybernetic. Right. It's a German... I think it, it was released in Germany. It's an ISIS magazine. It's kind of equivalent to Inspire magazine. Al Qaeda published Inspire magazine here in the United States. It's a language, English, English language magazine, and uh, uh, now this magazine for ISIS in in the uh, in the Middle East and Western Europe. What they're saying is this: do lone wolf attacks, do small scale attacks using a limited number of people, but don't get caught. Dress like a Christian, act like a Christian, trim your beard. See, Muslim Islam allows this 
So you go ahead and wear a cross. Just, it'd be like uh, me running around with a Quran. Okay. And, and, and a full blown beard and, 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 right. and, and, and one of those beards. And this and, is uh, troublesome because, uh, you know, we're thinking about this from one vantage point that is, you know, having, uh, ISIS terrorists, uh, change their appearance in order to right. better blend into society for ease of carrying out attacks. Well, let's take it a step further. Say they're, uh, successful in carrying out attacks because of their, uh, the way they blend in and what this magazine instructs them to do. Yep. Would, could we put it past the media and the government to where they would leave it as attacks by Christians rather than calling it for what it really is, you know, ISIS attacks because of the, how they dress and how they uh, appear to be? I guess the question is, um, blending in to make yourself look like a Christian and carrying out attacks would the news and the media dig deep enough or would they allow this to be the narrative that it was Christians who attacked as like a new form of Christians uh, you know becoming ISIS members or do um, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah yeah, yeah it, and, and that, that bothers me because I don't put it past <laughs> the news or, or the government at all I believe that they would and could do this, and and would propagate that, but 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 see, I mean, the, so what we're seeing here is this this Islamic this element of Islamic um, terrorist terrorism. This is obvious. Remember us talking about, and, and and we have to go back to World War Two and World War One, and I and I we talked about this, and and I know that some new people are listening today that didn't listen before. And are new to the program and wanted some expansion on this. I'm not prepared to do that right now, but but understand that that Islam was weaponized back in World War II. World War One, yes, but into World War Two especially, Islam was weaponized, and um, Himmler had understood that Islam being having the predilection toward violence, using the sword to cut people's heads off, that being in in, in the Quran. In considering that Christian was was not a manly religion, this is all documented, folks, in in history. This set up the, one of the biggest frameworks of the weaponization of, of of a group of mass people, a mass group of people, and this set up the, the weaponization of Islam. This brought us to where we are today. Each and every component of history. Given the historical context of the 20th century, Islam in the 20th century, Islam in the early 20th century, and how, and, and the refinement of terrorism by the Brzezinski, yeah, the big new Brzezinski, and, and by the CFR and, and the Trilateral Commission through the policies of each one of these groups, you cannot discount their involvement. In, in the refinement of this. So what we're seeing Not today... You can actually yeah. uh, establish you, uh, in a court of law a case for responsibility go. on their part. Yeah. So all we're saying to you is, yes, there is a predisposition toward violence by, the, by, 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 by Muslims, given the self... I mean, you could look at the surahs and the Quran. You could look at the Quran itself and all of the accompanying oral traditions of of the Islamic faith and or the Islamic cult, depending on how you want to legally de- describe it, and you can see that that 
Yeah. Okay. They're pre- they are predisposed to cutting someone's uh, um, hand off for shoplifting. They're predisposed for um, subjugating women and subjugating non-believers. And that's their culture. I mean, that's been part of their culture. Now we have to be careful when we say culture because there's the religion and culture. So, for example, wearing a burqa is a cultural aspect as opposed to a religious commandment. Okay. Okay. Now, but but you're right. The culture and religion have been mixed together in this, at least in my view. And I think I think you've, you made a good point because we need to make the distinction between the cultural aspect of of a religion or a cult or a group of people or a ideology and the cultural aspect. And They're well, different. Think, think about nine eleven and before before nine eleven, you had things like the USS Cole, uh, which was a, a organized terrorist attack. Um, you had other terrorist attack that ha- that it would happen throughout time, and and uh, you know, it wasn't an everyday thing, nor was it uh, uncommon, to to say the least. But they were not like it was not like it was today with the intensity, and the violence. What changed that? Increased the violence or turned the and their Islamist race. into the violent, the religion of violence we see today. Well, okay, again, it's always been predisposed to violence, but I, th- I think I think what you just said right there is the key, is the golden nugget to everything that we're looking at today. What changed? For example, nineteen eighty. Uh, let's not use an eighty. Um, nineteen seventy-six, America's bicentennial. All right, can, you weren't around, Eric. You weren't around. I guess I can remember that as a, as an adult, uh, celebrating America's bicentennial. We had our city's bicentennial, I remember. But yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Nineteen seventy-six. Okay, D- look at the headlines. Did we see this surging of of Muslim terrorists in the Middle East? No. We, of course, we had the nineteen seventy-two slaughter in, in Munich at the Munich Olympics by the um, Arab uh, contingent where the Israeli athletes were, were killed. Yes, we had this uh, hijacking and the subsequent raid at the Entebbe airport. Of course, we, we saw that. That was July 4th of, was that 76, folks? I don't know. I believe it was. So there were definite incidents, but nothing like today. And so your question is, what has changed to to inflame the passions, the ideological passions of Islam, of the Muslims, right. what has changed? Because if it's always been, uh, you know, the way we see it today, where uh, you know you conform to Islam or you are uh, an infidel subject to right. death and whatnot, you know, we've seen history uh, where. Even Jews and Arabs lived peacefully together after the state of Israel was was uh, readmitted as a state, re-recognized as a state. Um, there was peace there. There was not this division. Uh, and, and this goes through, throughout most of the world. You had Arabs that were like any other group of people, people Islam, people who had the, believed in Islam, um, you know, able to live next door to a Christian on one side and uh, you know, a Buddhist on the other right. side in, in peace. Right. And, and they trusted each other. They were neighbors. They were, uh, treating each other like humans. Um, to where now we see the just difference of religion is cause enough to commit murder or acts of violence. That is confusing to me. <laughs> that how it's, how it's increased to the point where it's morphed into something other than what it 
always was or has been. Now, there's always been religious conflicts yes, from the Crusades yes. to... But, you know. but the Crusades now, again, I want to caution everyone about this because the Crusades are not what they are purported to be. Okay, but, but as an example. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll, yes, I'll stipulate to that. Go ahead. To the point where we have uh, in just this vehement opposition to the point we have caliphates now. It's all or nothing. You can't have um, basically a, a person uh, who's believing in Islam is an infidel if they get along with their Christian neighbors or their Jewish neighbors. I mean, it has to... It's almost like something has changed where the, the literature or the scripture of the Quran has changed or is read differently or interpreted differently. Right. It's not... And it's I mean, it's, When we say... And I'm, I'm thinking how to put this because I don't want to provide misleading a misleading statement. There, think of well I, I won't even use an analogy I'll just address it directly when we're looking at the Muslims um, we're looking at okay what has changed I believe let me just get right into it I believe there, there are two things that changed I believe that at the beginning of the 20th century when we saw the technological revolution and Paul McGuire talks about this and others talk about this Tom Horn and Steve Quill and, and so many others I believe that there was a releasing the watch of watchers technology and perhaps some of the watchers themselves. Okay, now you might think, wow, is this guy on drugs? <laughs> I mean, really? You know, the, the angels that were bound up or... No, none that would lead him to, to think crazily like that. But you really have to... Okay, so, be, be, because look at the 20th century. Did all of a sudden... People and my wife and I talk about this all the time. I mean, or I, I bring this up to her all the time, and I drive her crazy. In fact, she you know, hits me. I'm beat. <laughs> okay, um, but this connects to what you're talking about. Look at life in 1899, and then look at life in 1999. Look at the vast, incredible revolution, technological revolution that took place. Yeah. Now look at 1999 to 2009. So much worse. Different, right? Even even exponentially worse, but exponentially more. Now look at 2009 to 2016. You, well, even 10 years ago, you wouldn't, I mean, people were talking about, wouldn't be talking about, you know, transplanting heads and living to 180 and... In, in Europe, you see these random attacks where uh, Muslims are running around beheading police officers okay, in the street. There you go. You have... Yeah, I should have segued. I, I'm sorry, I didn't give you the proper segue. That's my fault. So now look at, at Islam, and then I'll let you continue. Look at Islam. Look at the changes from 1899, and we understand some of that has to do with transportation and making the world smaller by by, by going plane trips and such. But you're right. Now look at, but just look at the 1969. We'll say. Uh, the Islamic, uh, uh, and take out the Israeli factor for just a moment, but although that's important, but look at the predisposition of Muslims toward immediate and, and 100% violence. Now go ahead with your statement. Yeah, uh, and, and as an example, I'm going to use a family example. Um, on my mom's side, uh, her sister married a Muslim man. And uh, I spent a lot of time with him as a child, and he showed me his Quran and would 
you know, I didn't understand it, so he kind of explained it to me what, what, what the difference of, you know, because I didn't understand the different religions out there, and I was younger, 12 years old. Well, he would teach me, uh, I would ask him why he would eat certain meals on, on holidays, like duck instead of ham, or, uh, and he would explain how pork is something that their religious practice didn't allow. But never once had, did I ever hear him teach any kind of violence or any kind of, and this is a small example, but um, what has what I've been thinking about and what bothers me is, as I said earlier, what has changed to allow the increase of violence, not only to where the violence is coming, but it is now acceptable or um, glorified as it is and, and rewarded. Um, we see the violence that has continued to escalate. We see the attitudes um, from Muslims that... Uh, as I said, glorify, reward violence to the point they're teaching their kids and showing their kids, sending their kids on suicide missions. Um, this culture of death in, in Islam, where it's all or nothing, where, um, <clears throat> with my memories, talking with my uncle, who is Muslim, nothing of violence or... Uh, that never came up. You know, it was you believe what you want to believe, but this is what I believe, and, you know... Okay, we'll I'm, I'm going to open this up a little bit more, though. I don't believe that a, a westernized Muslim, for example, someone who was uh, born in the United States, as, or yeah. no, not born, I'll, I'll or give you somebody that. in the West, I don't believe that there was an automatic predisposition toward violence. I believe that that, when we talked about religion and culture, I think the influence of culture, especially those Muslims in the Middle East, there's a heavy influence there. Well, that is not to excuse. No, but wait a second. I just want to say one more thing. That doesn't change the fact uh, that the, that this this is a, a, a death centric ideology. Go ahead. Well, let's let's look at the fact of how um, you know many Muslims have migrated over to America to start businesses and uh, to assimilate into the culture of America uh, without committing acts of violence, without you know, uh, supporting those who commit acts of violence, who live peacefully amongst Americans and just, you know, we coexist. But then there's this other faction of, of, uh, Muslims who, that's their whole mission in life, as it seems. It's like there's two separate religions in the one. It's like the, uh, but the see, Catholic Church and the... I, I don't uh, agree with you there. I, I agree that the ideology is is very, very clear. And I don't believe that there are two ideologies or two separate religions. I believe that the fundamentalists, just like Christian fundamentalists, you know, the different denominations. But I do believe that at, at its core, Islam, if you follow Muhammad and read the Quran and read the Surah, and if you are a practicing Muslim, it's going to require you to do things. And I've never read the Quran, uh, well, boy, you know, it's really should. And, and I've talked to, you know, we've talked to lots of people from, uh, who are experts on the Quran to, uh, who are experts on, you know, Christianity. But I just don't, the, the increase in escalation of violence is, uh, so, it, it, you can't be ignored. Right. And the question, and at the, at the root of this discussion, and this is exactly what this is tonight, folks, is a discussion. And you might be throwing things at your radio, at your computer, <laughs> at your iPad, and that's okay. Because but people need to get a better understanding of this, because I don't right. understand it uh, to the point where, well, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense. It, where, it does where you make can sense. Have, um, it makes perfect sense, because we're being gamed. I mean, you know, that makes it, sense, yes. Okay, I, it, by itself, 
for example, did the uh, did the overthrow by Western intelligence assets and interests, and that includes the United States, Israel, and the UK, France, of Libya, did that by itself make any sense to the world? Of course well, not. No, but in, in, that's a great example. Um, in Libya, in Iraq, before these overthrows, you had um, Muslims and Christians living in a world where they were able to live together without the threat of violence. This, the the leaders would um, keep peace and stability amongst the two Even religions. if they were, right, just as Bashir al-Assad is doing with the Christians, right. the Alawites, the, okay, we understand. Look, we understand he's a dictator. We understand that. We're not making any excuses for him. However, no, no, no. now we're talking about Syria now. Uh, however, but what, there was never this Christian Islamic conflict before these leaders were there, taken away. Okay, but there there was, but it was not manipulated like it is today. Okay? okay, it was always under the it was always percolating under the surface, and this really began in earnest. And and people will will uh, roll their eyes perhaps when we talk about the establishment of Israel as a nation in 1948. That really began uh, uh, that really renewed the resentment. Uh, because the Arabs believed they received the short end of the stick on that deal, and the Jews believed they received the short end of the stick on the deal, on that deal, the establishment of Israel as a nation state in 1948. And of course, you go back in history and understand the Balfour Declaration, and then you've got to understand really all of every, you have to understand everything that led up to 1948, the establishment of Israel as a nation, and then what happened with Jerusalem. You really have yeah. to have a full understanding of that and how that relates to the Arab sentiment slash Arab Muslim sentiment slash Arab Muslim versus Jew, Arab Muslim versus Jew and Christian. And I've listened to a lot of uh, testimony of people from, uh, you know, Israelites who were in Israel uh, that before it was the, became the nation again, who talked about the peaceful uh, living amongst Arabs uh, before that establishment, and how the uh, how that changed after you know the establishment of Israel as a nation, and then after the Six Day War, and how that has escalated, and before before the fact, before the intervention of governments and whatnot into the affairs of the Middle East. But see, Joe, it was very peaceful. Yeah, yeah. But see, okay, and, and here's how I think that. And, and folks, which leads us to the 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 whole point of me bringing this up. When we talk about the birth pains that are in the Bible, the beginning yeah. of sorrows, the tribulations, leading up to the tribulations, all nations coming against Israel, the conflicts, the wars, the pestilence, that has all been leading up to this, and and it's going to continue. Um, we're never going to go back to the the way it once was. The, if you espouse that belief that we are in that path, in the in in that final. Uh, throw toward the, toward the tribulation. It could be a hundred years from now. It could be ten minutes from now. Right. We are not going to have that that level of peace until there's right. that false peace. Right. Okay. Correct. Um, now, there was a point I wanted to make, and, and it tossed me off. Uh, I apologize. Yeah, that's all right. But 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 uh, the, the, and this is something that uh, that I think that really we have to look at this entire. This entire um, platform, this entire venue, this entire theater, we have to look at what's taking place in the world with everything in the Middle East. And, and this, this, boy, everything has been planned. Now, that doesn't mean all the plans have been successful, but everything has been planned. 
I believe that we made a difference, and, and I'm, I'm kind of scattered here in this part, but I'm, I'm going to bring this back around if you listen closely. I believe that, that we collectively as Christians made a difference in what happened in Syria. I mean, remember a couple of years ago, those who were listeners a couple of years ago, we had prayer and we, I mean, really five weeks of special Sunday shows praying that, that, that the, the evil machinations of, of, of the people, uh, in power would not, uh, ignite Assyria. Right. 2013. Right. And, and I believe that maybe it wasn't, it certainly wasn't just us, but perhaps we contributed to, to maybe facilitated or maybe assisted in, in bumping that down the road and screwing up the schedule of the global elite. I believe that. And, and what happened from the lack of action was the creation or the, uh, ISIS coming on the scene. Which, okay. Which was repackaging, yes. uh, the, problem in order to go after it a different way. So instead of uh, going into Syria and bombing Syria because Assad crossed the red line, what they did was repackage the threat and uh, gave a new excuse for us to enter into Syria because the American people rejected (coughs) what they offered the first time. Which reminds me of the thought I lost earlier, and that is this. People like to believe today there's only two sides to a conflict. And, and there's more than that. Now, in in the greater scheme of things, there's good versus evil, evil versus good. That's the the black and the white two sides. But the components of this fight that we see, there's more sides to it. It's not just, for example, U.S. v. Russia, Russia versus the United States, or China versus Russia, or China versus the United States. That is, or U.S. versus uh, Syria. It's not that. No, no. There, there. Th- what's taking place right now is this multifaceted operation it's that has all of the elements of, of evil, all of the elements of good at, at war with one another at different sides. I mean, we've got this multifaceted battle taking place. So you've got to understand this because this goes back, uh, you know, this goes back to uh, the Wolfowitz doctrine with PNAC and how that kind of catapulted us into this this conflict, this state. That we're in right now, that that uh, that actually had created bedfellows mm-hmm. between the what some people term as the the uh, neocons, and if you can believe this, the neocons have found interesting bedfellows with the most Marxist of, of people because the objectives were similar, the pathways were a tad different, the objectives were similar, so let's work together. Right. And, and that's what we're seeing. So when you have two opposing or seemingly opposing ideologies, especially domestically, uh, working together, it, it's really a mind-bender. And, and so we have to look beyond this because look what's happening in Europe. You're going to have 10 million uh, uh, Muslim immigrants flooding into Europe in the next uh, couple of, well, soon. I mean, it's going to be a, a, an overwhelming number. It's going to happen here in the United States, that, or at least that's what's scheduled to happen. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is... This is by design. This is not because, you know, three years from now, will people, will people say, will people be on the radio saying, gee, I wonder what caused that? You know, I wonder what changed back in, um, you know, uh, back in 2015 or 2014 or 2013. I wonder what happened. Well, well just like you know, ISIS uh, said they were going to do, it was going to be an organized invasion. Uh, invasion. Yep. yep. 
using Syrian uh, refugees, they said. And the government turns around and says Syrian uh, refugees, and, in, and especially here in America, it has been Syrian Muslim refugees. They have been giving Christians a hard time, deporting Christians, not allowing the Christian Syrians to come in, which is a whole other uh, story on its own that we need to cover. Right. Because I've heard... I think there's only... Uh, I mean, there's stories that, you know, the Obama administration is actually going out of its way to block certain Syrian Christians from entering while opening the door for Syrian Muslims to enter. And if it was truly a humanitarian issue, why then would we make a distinction on religion uh, when dealing with a humanitarian crisis? You know, yes, we can give you aid and help and comfort only if you are a Muslim. If you're a Christian, you do not qualify. If it's truly a humanitarian crisis, to the extent they say it is, why make any distinction on any lines, whether it be racial, relig- religious, or any other? But, but, and there, there, there it is, folks. It's not. You see, it's 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 a humanitarian crisis, uh, orchestrated humanitarian crisis. Now, it's not. It's a but. It's designed. It's like the Oleg Cassini or, or pro, Prada of of humanitarian crisis. It's a designer humanitarian crisis. And uh, on the heels of uh, the crisis in Syria and the elitists benefiting from it, this from uh, a story today, Cheney, Rothschild, and Fox News' Murdoch to drill for oil in Syria. And we're going to talk about Stan, uh, with Stan about this tomorrow. While Syria is torn apart by the warning of U.S. imperialists and Islamic fundamentalists leaving its children to die of starvation, Another country plans to take advantage of the chaos by stealing the resources of Syrian southern refugee or the Syrian southern region. The theft will be carried out by the most notorious pushers of military hegemony, and they don't care that it violates international law. Um, what they're doing is, you know, Dick Cheney, the Rothschilds, and Rupert Murdoch are going to. Um, be taking oil from Syria, violating international law, uh, and taking oil and gas from reserves that have been located in the Syrian territory occupied by Israel since 1967, known as the Golan Heights. Now, I don't agree with the, the verbiage in the way this article is written, but um, basically, they're Dick Cheney, Rupert Murdoch, and Jacob Rothschild, and their henchmen have a long tradition of promoting war in the Middle East in order to exploit the oil resources. And this cabal formed under uh, Genie Energy, led by the unapologetic Arab hater. Yes, Arab hater who? Look how small the print is. Oh, well, you can't even read that. It's it's Adam's, uh, I can't even see. I Ethel Edelman. It's fine. It's fine. You get but the idea. Drilling in the Golan Heights. What'd you is, print that on? A, a on printer? computer. No, I, I, from that computer to that okay. printer. I don't oh. know why I printed it so small, but uh, what Man. they're doing, Mr. Murdoch of Fox News, Jacob Rothschild, Dick Cheney, and their uh, corporations will be taking advantage of the war-torn land of Syria and northern Israel to be drilling for oil there in order to make money off the instability in Syria. I mean, mm. just, you know, just another level of depravity. Well, well, 
All right. And and this goes back. And, and you know what? I know people hate it when I talk like that. That I sound like I'm what like this. I'm stu- no, I'm stuttering. And let me let me ask this: We should do a show. I believe that we should do a show. Spend a couple of hours talking about. We 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 actually um, Chris Pino, Georgia Guidestones. Watch the documentary. Yeah, we did. Okay. We uh, watched it. Don't say much about it because can't spoil the fun. Oh, I won't spoil the fun. But do you think we should do a show about the Nazi? See, okay, about about the run up to where we're at today, so people better understand this. Include. Um, We'll, we'll have like the main thrust is the main highway or the main highway is the main thrust of the program and then little roads that connect to that being for example um, the wars the different wars this, the counterculture and how all of this these roads feed into this arterial this one artery of, of traffic yes we, we should do uh, something even beyond that we should take uh, maybe even a week and do a week's worth of shows giving the true history of the Nazi regime, uh, who their partners were, who they were in bed with, how it unfolded to the Holocaust, and how it unfolded to World War II, where it went from World War II, what happened to the Nazis, and how yeah. their influence has continued into and throughout today. Uh, you know, John, Not just the history of after the war. Right, or, right, right. I yes. mean, all-encompassing, from the beginning to end, Hitler's rise to today. And Hitler was a Rothschild, and, and you, we have to get into that lineage, too. To, to understand the history, how intricate the intricacies of history, to understand that everything is interrelated. Yes, events, there are some events that are just totally random. And yes, there are plans with the objectives of, of, of the, the power elite that don't get accomplished on time or in the manner in which right. they were planned. But, but the events are working together for this final conflict that we will know as, well, Armageddon. Folks, turn right back. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour on this Monday, January 11, 2016 edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Almost said 2015 there. Uh, we're going to cover some news this hour on our third and final hour, and we're going to take phone calls. And if you would like to join in via phone and uh, give us your insight as to any type of current events that are going on, you have questions, comments, concerns. Um, Eric, can you do me a favor and put the uh, call-in number up on the screen? And from memory, it's 844, I want to say 739-2944, 769-844-7692944. 
That's 844-769-2944. You can call in, and we can talk about anything that's in the world of current events, anything that you guys have on your mind, any questions, comments, concerns, criticisms. We want to hear it all. We would ask that you, you stay uh, quick. On topic and yeah, to the point. On topic and quick quick on the phone, as we always have a number of callers, and we never get the chance to get to them all. Yeah. It Again. makes me it makes me feel bad. Yeah. And the, I just lose sound in all my ears. I think you probably make need to make sure you're plugged in. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a loose connection there or or, or what, but uh sometimes when I was sitting over there last week all it, right, we it kinda it. went in and out. But again, eight four four seven six nine two nine four four. And we will uh get into anything that you want to cover. I want to open this hour with a story that we didn't get to hit yet. This is from Natural News, and it's titled Bombshell. Leading climate scientists admit the geoengineering experiment is going on right now. Uh, Again, Natural News is the source. A leading climate scientist from the UK had a Freudian slip moment recently when he admitted, perhaps without realizing it, that climate geoengineering in the form of chemtrails is not only... Um, admitted is not only some wild conspiracy theory, but it's actually happening all around the world right now. Professor Tim Lenton, chair of the Climate Change Earth Systems Science at the University of Exeter in the UK, participated in a question-and-answer session at the Our Common Future Under Climate Change Conference. This happened in Paris back in July, where he agreed to answer some compelling questions about weather, weather modification and its effects on our planet. Um, during this conference, there was a question posed to Professor Lenton why ongoing geoengineering programs are taking place without any research as to their outcomes. Uh, a Miss Rafa asked about how the use of aerosols is justified when the aluminum, barium, and other chemicals they contain is known, uh, is a known killer of bees. And as many of you know who have been listening to the show for a while, there has been a mass die-off of bees all around the world. Albert Einstein is um, quoted with saying, when the bee populations go through extin- extinction phases, humans are expected to be next. Anyway, the answer was, I represent a large group of people who are wondering why programs such as weather modification and ongoing geoengineering programs throughout the world have not been taken into consideration with a lot of research done, Rafa asked, pointing to the ongoing climate change debate and its lack of attention on geoengineering. And we notice on a daily basis that our environment is being tipped through the aerosols being dumped on into the atmosphere blocking our sun. And there seems to be a lot of aluminum in the environment. It's chemtrailing, what you're saying, right? Well, yes, this is a... There's two issues here. They're dealing with the uh, geoengineering, cloud seeding, and contrails versus actual what we say are chemtrails. And um, in response to the question, this Professor Lenton expressed uh, opposition to sunlight reflection methods done on a large scale a large-scale carbon removal method um, where he goes on to uh, make the Freudian slip that they are conducting enormous global-scaled uncontrollable experiments through geoengineering and basically slipped up and said, and I'm paraphrasing here, what we view as uh, chemtrails are actually geoengineering 
programs that reflect sunlight that do contain the heart, uh, that do contain the aluminum, the barium, and the other chemicals. And the big question is, is what are the uh, potential side effects or what are the uh, problems that could come with this science that is being conducted that is not having the results published nor is it being um, admitted to the public by the scientific community what gives these people the right in the first place to conduct these experiments and at the same time while they're conducting these experiments deny their existence and call those who are questioning the experiments crazy and uh Folks, go to naturalnews.com and read this article, because I'm not going to go through the whole the whole article here, but uh, the title is Bombshell. Leading climate scientist admits geoengineering experiment is ongoing right now. And of course. When you when you read through this, and there's many other like this, um, they are focused on the, the results, not on the future damages that these experiments could cause. They're just trying to deal with the the problems now. And there's our studio dog. Yeah, yeah. She, she actually. Uh, I went into the office during the break, and I had to get uh, I had to get something. I woke her up, and she she made an appearance before cameo appearance. All right, go ahead. But they the well, the the distinction that was made and the truth that came out is that there are uncontrolled experiments in geoengineering being conducted that deal with the heavy metals uh, spraying aerosol spraying of these heavy metals on a large scale. So there's no without any without being done scientifically. There's no scientific method to these um, experiments. I, I contend that there's there is a scientific a eugenics reason genocide on, on mm-hmm. a mass scale. I mean, I I don't know what else to say except that. Yeah. Um. It it's much like the weaponization of cancer back in in. I mean the. Judith the very Baker days of of the pre assassination of Kennedy and and the weaponization of cancer and they uh, finish with this it says it's no longer a question of whether uh, chemtrails are real or not there's no longer an argument over uh, chemtrails and whether they're real or not except but rather except that that dinner table. whether or not that they've begun uh, right and are ongoing. And um, you'll see lots of pushback on this. You'll never see chemtrails being uh, accepted by mainstream media and saying, you know, we got it wrong. There is chemtrail, <laughs> chemtrailing going on. There are heavy metals being sprayed in the atmosphere, but it's been for your own good. That's why we've kept it secret. You'll continue to see the denial and the uh, uh, the name calling and um, you know conspiracy theorist label right. put on those who question. The official narrative the government gives, which is a lie. All right, we, Joe, we got a whole bunch, a whole bank of phone calls. Should we get to them? We do, All and right. it's. Uh, well, let, let's let's get to them. Our our phone, and and please, uh, folks listening on the on the phone, please. Here's what I'd like to do: if we can just limit the time, because there's so many people want to get through. If you can just kind of get to the point, I'm not. We're not trying to censor anyone or you know stop anyone from saying what they want to say. But uh, let's be real. Um, Let's be real quick on the matter. So we're going to take people in the... And check check our uh, message board. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Okay. Thanks, Eric. We're going to uh, to take the calls in the order in which they were received. All right. 
We're going to go to Jeremy in Illinois. Jeremy, you're on. Go ahead, sir. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? You're cutting in and out, Jeremy. Okay. All right, can you hear me now? Well, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Back away and turn it down about six decibels. <laughs> but you are clear. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, there we go. Okay, can you, is that better? Yes, yeah. that's better. What's on your mind, sir? All right. Yeah, I remember that uh, I called in and told you about my dream about both uh, two of them nuclear bombs going off, hitting America. Yeah. In Chicago or something like that. Well, anyway, I was listening to Rick Wiles last week, and he had a guy on from Z3 News, and he said the Lord gave him a dream about Russia and China teaming up to nuke us, and he seen a big old plane with a red star on it. It was a doomsday plane with a red star on it uh, dropping bombs, nuclear bombs on us. And that's China there. And uh, and he also wrote a poem, as the Lord told him to write, and it said, uh, the bears, bulls, and cubs will be judged. That means Chicago. And uh, then uh, the broken bell will be judged, and will not have liberty anymore, will go through hell or something like that. And it just went on and on and on and on about all these states, how they'll be judged and everything. Wow. Okay. So your your takeaway from this, the dream, the confirmation, so to speak, from Rick Wiles, is what you're saying? That, yeah. that there's going to be some, some event take place here in this country that... Yeah, wow. yeah. And it also went on uh, to say, uh, I think it said March through June... Many will die. Uh, the Lord told them to, and, and, and uh, so that means. And this was last week, so that means I only got fifty more days to prepare. Okay, and, and who was this that had the dream? Was it a caller, or was it a guest, or was it Rick, or was it? It was a. It was a guest from uh, Z3 News. The guy. It was okay. uh, the head of head guy from Z3 News. You, you know, I, I always have a problem with dreams and visions. To the extent that, how do you know? Uh, you know. Yeah, I know exactly. How do you know? How do you know? You know, who knows? Yeah. But but very interesting, and we'll keep an eye on that. Jeremy, God bless you, man. Thanks for thanks for calling in. Yeah, We're gonna move God along here. Too. God bless, buddy. All we'll right. Go up top, uh, Maria. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna go to Maria. Let's see if I can do this right. Maria from Virginia, author Maria Nice from Canice uh, from uh, Prepare for Persecution, author of Prepare for Persecution. Maria Canice, welcome. Hi, I'm on. Hey. Um, Great to hear your voice. Yes, and it's good to see you and hear you, and you look like you finally got some sleep. And Renee must be doing better because you look a lot better. Yeah, she, she's doing well. we got to just follow up on some appointments here this week, but uh, we'll, we'll get her going. Yeah. Okay, well, I called because I want to pray for you guys. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and you and Renee and the whole family, Joe and his wife and, and everybody else, because I know you, when it affects one of you, it affects all of you. You've all been through the mill. 
the other thing is I know in your line of work with the research you do and the enemies you have, there's probably rough stuff going on in the background we don't even know about, so I want to pray for protection and God's intervention and whatever else may be going on. So, Lord, uh, I, I lift up Doug and Renee Hagman and all the Hagman family there, and we ask for healing, physical, emotional, and spiritual healing, strength, encouragement, comfort, Lord, guidance, guide their steps very clearly, guide their words very clearly, Lord, intervene in any situations that are going on that are a problem for them or or might create problems for them. Lord, we ask anybody that is uh, trying to do bad things to them, that you would intervene and cut that off and restrain those things that they will not be able to be successful. And, Lord, I'm asking for the peace of God that's beyond all understanding to stand guard over their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and for the joy of the Lord to be their strength no matter what's going on, even in the most difficult situations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for that. We really appreciate that and need that. And and you said something at the beginning, um, aside from what we've been talking about and and people in our audience know that's been going on, uh, with health issues and other things, there have been spiritual things that have been going on behind the scenes that people don't know about. And, um, you know, we thank you for, for those prayers and, uh, for all the prayers of the audience, whether they're via email or done in private in their own home that we never know about. Um, those prayers are what, what keep us going and those prayers are what, um, probably uh, continue to allow us to do what we do without being affected, um, uh, <laughs> or going insane, you know, by seeing all these things happening around us. And uh, and listeners, I'd like to encourage every one of you to keep on praying for these guys because, you know, it's like when we're kids. We take our moms and dads for granted. We think they'll always be there no matter what's going on. They'll be able to keep on doing what they're doing and take good care of us. And that's not true. If we don't keep these guys backed up in prayer, we need to back them up in prayer, and we need to back them up financially. Because uh, they're paying a price to do what they're doing, and we've got to to help, and it costs money, and they're not making anything on this. They're working horrendous hours, pouring themselves out just because they love the listeners, and they love our nation, and they love the truth. So we've got to back them up in every way that we possibly can. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Again, uh, this is Maria Canese, Prepare for Persecution and other books. Just, uh, just Prepare for Persecution is a great book, folks. You need to, need to get that. That's an insightful book. Friend of the show and, and the show. prayer warrior and, for uh, the show. If you go to Amazon.com, check out all of our books. My goodness. And, and more will be, uh, linked off of Hagman and Hagman.com. Thank you very much, Marie. God bless. God bless. Goodbye. All right. All right. Again, we're going in the in the uh, time in which they were receiving. We're going to Nick in Florida. Nick in Florida, you're on with Doug and Joe Hagman. Hi, guys. God bless you, and apply the blood of Christ over your ministry. Uh, something you were saying, I've called in before. Something you guys sure. said a few minutes ago. I sent you an email during the broadcast. I don't know if you were able to read them during that. So it was basically talking about Tom's Horn prediction about uh, 2012 having the watchers been released at a certain time. Did you happen to read Zenith, that? Or right, Zenith 2016. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very well, familiar I with just that. Heard yeah. an in- Okay, yeah, I saw an interview with uh, Anthony Patch just recently, and he seems to think that um, with CERN going on and possibly the chemtrails, they're changing the electromagnetic um, structure of the atmosphere. Now, during the antediluvian age, uh, the atmosphere was different, higher O2 levels, 
and things of that nature. So there's quite possibly, if there's an agenda behind this, they might be changing the atmosphere, which what might make it more conducive for these entities to uh, enter our atmosphere and cause them the nefarious things that they're actually um, set out to do. And if those entities were released um, that were incarcerated 4,900 years ago, and they really truly were released in the 1900s, just prior to World War One and the Industrial Age, um, it might be that there is some kind of connection here between what CERN is doing, what the chemtrails are doing, changing the atmosphere, so that when these entities are released, they will actually have more of a um, substantial way of existing. Um, it, there was an interesting connection between that. I don't know if um, that's something that maybe you had considered or not. When yeah, yeah as a matter of fact, we've t- you know we we talked about this before, and I was just looking through my my notebook here. Um, this is extremely interesting when you look at all of this, including the chemtrails that have both a eugenics or a genocidal type of um, of, of, of objective, and then to a terraforming of a universe or the yes, atmosphere. The to, yes, there right. it is. And, and, and I was just looking. If it's also changing, if it's changing our DNA as well, that might make us more susceptible to some of the influences that these entities bring about when they're when they manifest. Correct, and, and you yeah. know I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw in one more thing. It's kind of it seems like a non sequitur, but it's important when you consider the increase, and I believe this to be true. Human sacrifice is rising, and a component of that is is also the abortion uh, rate. But human uh, sacrifice is done purposely to open dimensional portals or stargates or at least so you know you've got that you've got that satanic element there of CERN of of the chemtrails and and all of this together yes you're absolutely right and the, the abortion that's the shedding of innocent blood basically it's a twist it's a perversion of the shedding of Christ's innocent blood so every time that they do this they're they're trying to get power. They're trying to get status. It's 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 all part of it, absolutely. And every and the, the devil is basically going to do every type of form of twisting <coughs> of everything. It's going to be false. It's going to be a perversion, and if possible, will deceive the very elect in many different ways. If we don't have our spiritual eyes open, it's just scary. But I think they're changing something with the electromagnetic structure, like Joe said, the terraforming which will allow these entities a further way of, of coming in through CERN or the chemtrails or combination of both. And I believe Tom Horn is right. 4,900 years ago from our present time, that gets us about to the early 20th century. That's right. And if yes. that's the case. And the Mayas, the Incans, Incas, the Aztecs, all of those ancient civilizations, every one of them pointed to a specific time frame of 2012 to 2016, which is what Tom Horn talks about. And how could all these ancient civilizations... Oh, fall to the same exact four-year time frame. I mean, it's just astronomical. And if you put it in, against the biblical lens of Scripture and put it all together, because that's what we use as our, you know, our basis of Scripture, it's just it's way too coincidental, for want of a better word, to be anything else. Anyway, you should get a, better go to some other callers. By the way, I'm the high school buddy of Mike Terrell. You're the one that sent the image, the picture. Yes, or, it, yes. I'm also the one that called the one time, and I, you said, let's keep rocking and rolling, and I told you I'm a musician from the state of Florida. and I said, That's yeah. right. Okay, I did forward that yes. image and that, the, the mic. Yes, okay. he contacted me, and thank you for that. <laughs> Anyways, God, right. God bless your audience. 
Everybody out there, receive Jesus Christ now as your personal Lord and Savior now. Before Just get down on your knees and, and, and do it. God Please bless you. Thanks. Over your, okay. But yeah, think about Thanks, some bud. of these things, as I'm sure you already have. You guys are very informed. God bless you. Take care. God get bless. some other callers. Thanks, rock Nick. on. Now you guys right. rock on. <laughs> all right, bye. Have, have a great night. All ser- seriousness, God bless. All right. That was Nick from Florida. That's awesome. Man. You know, something to think about, too, and, and Nick was right on the money with this, but, you know, you just have to wonder, has America, have the power elite of America been exchanging access to our people for advanced knowledge and technology? Now, I want you to consider this Changing again. Access. Okay, consider this again. This is a critical question I'm going to, I'm going to toss out there. And I want you, I want everyone listening to this to really listen to this question. Think of it like, for example, the Book of Enoch. Okay. Has American, the, the power elite in America, have the people in power, the, the, we're talking about the Luciferian elite, have they been exchanging access to the people, our people, to people in general, for in exchange for advanced knowledge and technology. Think back to the World War II. The, the, I mean, think about that question and consider that question, please. I'm not. I'm not being trying to be stupid on this. I, no, I believe. I, I believe question. Paul McGuire asked that question, or Troy Anderson from the Babylon Code. I'm not sure. I've got so many notes here. I have notes from Zenith 2016, and I've got notes from the Shiner Directive. But but that's an important question to ask because think about think about for example a big thing going on, Joe. Real quick here, and then we'll be back to calls. You know, after um, the World War II, World War II, we saw the Foo Fighters. And, and that was a term used by the Allied aircraft pilots to describe UFOs. Thanks for explaining that, because I thought it was a band. <laughs> I've never heard of the Foo Fighters outside of the help music, me Rhonda. The musical help, group. Help me, Rhonda. Speaking of bands, just start singing Help Me, Rhonda. Okay. Can you get him in the, work, in the line, Rhonda? All right. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm following you. Uh, but could, could, could the... And, and now think about this, all right? Because okay, World War II, Foo Fighters—that was a term that was the, used by the Allied uh, aircraft pilots to describe UFOs. Now, let me take it one step further. Could Foo Fighters be the be the result of the portals that were opened by the Nazi occult uh, that we know that existed? Think about that for a second. Okay, is it possible? And, and Steve does a. a did a great job uh, in his new book and in the interviews on our show and on Coast to Coast describing the Nazi technology and uh, also, yes. you know, yes. even some of the History Channel's expose on this where they talk about how there's been tunnels dug around the world underground uh, and not only that but the, the interdimensional or portals that are on the earth which will allow a craft to travel you know, basically the distance of, of the circumference of the earth in a matter of, of seconds rather than hours or... or right. And, and, and that stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. you have to take it back to Nimrod and, and what was the agenda there, uh, creating, you know, um, a portal or stairway to heaven, if you will. Um, there's a lot more of the unseen than there is of the seen in this world, and uh, we don't know the full extent of it yet. Uh, the Lord created this world and the universe in, in a way... Which in the end we will know, but right now we don't fully know. And the Lord said, "I can explain. I can't even explain." He, he's in talking with his disciples. I'm paraphrasing. He said, "I can't even explain the physical things of this world to you. How can I 
expect exactly. you to understand the the uh, unseen yeah. things that uh, of this world. And, and yes, yes, absolutely correct. You're absolutely right. But but let me take it one step further after what I just said. Think about Roswell, the crash, crash, the big mm-hmm. publicized thing. What happened after that? Well, the sightings became more prevalent. The right. alien abductions rose. And that was just after the end of World War II and after uh, mm-hmm. this technology seemingly was, was taken away or it disappeared. Yes, and, and there were additional accounts of not only alien abductions, but probing, probing. Yeah, sexual encounters from Ro- Roswell to the the yeah. 1950s Washington D.C. sightings, and uh, they increased, started, and increased after, right after the end of World War II, which begs the question: What changed? What changed? And, and that uh, Nick, um, had, Nick had written that uh, some good stuff there. All right, again, going on the whole time. Uh, I got screwed number up here. three. Number three. Philip from West Virginia. Coming to you now. Okay, now we're on. Philip from West Virginia. You're up, buddy. Hi, hi, Doug and Joe. Hey, it's, been a, it's been a while. I know. <laughs> Where you been? How come? How come you haven't shown up? What's up? What's going on? Oh, well, I've been here listening. I mean, I've been going to the Hagman and Hagman College of Knowledge for <laughs> uh, about four or five years now, and you know what? You know, I I'm one of I'm one of yours. I'm one of the family. So wow. Well, congratulations. Uh, or or, or, or I'm sorry. Family. I'm not sure which <laughs> to say. But <laughs> well, I mean, the ones that have been listening. I mean, it's like we've been in college. That's right. You know, uh, we're all students, aren't we? I mean, really, when it comes right down to it, we're all students. We are. You. We are. And it, it's just, it's, I, I, I just want you to know how, how thankful I am for you. And I know there's many other people out there so thankful for, for what you guys share every night. And, uh, that's not a little thing. Cause it ain't, it ain't what, uh, they call rock and roll, so to speak. You don't get it on Alex Jones. You don't get it. Anywhere else, but you do get it on the Hagman and Hagman uh, report, and uh, and we do thank the Lord for it, and we thank the Lord for both of you and Joe, and for all your guests, and uh, for Rick Wiles and all. You know, Philip, we may be it, the under we may be the underground church. I think we are. I think we are. I, I know we I, are. I, I, I really, you know, um, I was reading, rereading, for like the third time, The Shinar Directive by Dr. Michael Lake. He's coming out with a new book about the remnant. And if if he will still accept it, I'm writing the forward on it. The reason I say if he will still accept it, I'm extremely tardy with it. And it actually worked out because he said that. Uh, well, I'm not sure. Cha- do I mean, some changes that. Yeah, it'll be I fine. Hope. It'll be fine, Doug. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, but, but, but see, here's the thing. He's talking about the remnant. He talked in, in his new book. He's talking about the remnant, and and I was reading the book, and and I got so caught up in this, thinking we are really the remnant. I, everyone listening to this program, and we're you know we're nothing special, but everyone listening to this no. program. 
really, you guys are special. I mean, we're we're all special in our own way, I guess, but nothing special in in the right. eyes of one we're another. We're special to the kingdom. Yeah. Individually, we are just regular human beings. Right. Unless we're part of that kingdom. But, but you know what? I think I think you're right because I think that we are the last vestige, to use a term Joe used earlier, yes. of 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 the of the church. Yes. We are the remnant. I I, I agree. I mean, when you say you're the watchman on the wall, believe me, you're the... Steve Quayle, Rick Wiles, Pastor Langford, I mean, you just name them. Paul McGuire, I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? I mean, <sighs> you know, I, I am totally amazed at the at the people that we are... Uh, we are put in contact with and Christina yes I got your email and uh, we'll, we'll get uh, I've got that number uh, Christina by the guest I've got that number I'm going to be talking talking to that person anyway you know I'm just um, Philip I'm, I'm amazed um, at the people that we are put in contact with and that we have the ability to talk to and the, the intellectual power behind those people and the spiritual power the grace, the decorum. And just, and just wow. the discourse that we have between us, and that's good. Iron right. sharpens iron. Steel sharpens steel. That's how we're going to make it. We're going to make it through this because we are going to, you know what? Jesus said, if you lift me up, all men will come to me. And that's all we have to do. We have to remember that we're here to lift him up, not us up. And we're not here to make a fortune off him or whatever, because that's how I got really, I mean, through the 80s, through the 90s, or whatever. You know. You this know, is not prosperity selling. Simple, you know? selling, selling his name to make some money. That is right. not the way it is. But you know what? If we lift him up, all nations will come to him. Total submission, total we, obedience. We have to do it. We have to do it in love. Yes. Not with, yeah. not in weakness, but in love. Oh, and, and isn't it funny, Philip? How many people mistake love for weakness, or mistake silence for weakness, or mistake? Um, yeah, uh, I'll just stop there. Isn't that isn't that interesting? How people do erroneously equate it, things like silence with weakness. You know, it's it, it's like a father. You know, if if he didn't. If he didn't love us, and if he didn't care about, he'd let us do anything we wanted to do. But because Absolutely. he loves us, he's not going to let us do anything we want to do. And uh, Philip, what's the opposite this, of love? What's the opposite of love? <laughs> it, the opposite of love is just not caring. Yep, indifference. Indifference. Amen. Indifference to that. is the opposite of love. People erroneously say hate, but it's not hate. Yep, it's not hate. No, it's indifference. You're right. You said a lot, my we friend. Got through a, we got through a lot tonight, didn't we? Yes, we did, sir. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, and keep, no, I'm going to keep uh, uh, listening to the uh, Hagman, Hagman, Hagman and Hagman College of Knowledge uh, for a long time. Can, can, can we have now, that phrase, College of Knowledge? Yes. Can we use that? Okay. Yes. 
Okay. College of Knowledge. Hagman Hagman College of Knowledge. Cool. All right. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> All right, man. Philip, it's been great talking right. to you. God bless you. Thanks bye. for the call. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. We have to get a computer over there so you can do this because I'm not sure who's next. Karen. Karen, right? I don't David. Know. David? Okay, David. Rick- that wasn't you. I saw that. <clears throat> that caller dropped. See on the right hand side. Yeah, I see that. Okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to David. I didn't touch that. Karen no, I saw off. you didn't. Okay, we're gonna go to David and then Karen. Or yeah, David and then maybe we'll get Karen back. Okay, here we go. David, you're up. Hello, can you hear me? We can. Five by five. Mr. Hagman, Mr. Hagman, first time caller. I'm the news unit. Listen, I I was listening to you guys talk earlier about chemtrails. Yes, sir. And. I'll just admit, I'm not one that really believes in the theory. I won't call it a conspiracy theory because there's still debate about it. But I want to ask you a question about this disbursement that you were talking about. Explain to me what you think they're doing. Are they? Are, because when people look up in the sky and they say, oh, look, they're spraying again. See them there? And they got their video camera. And they really, airplanes are just crossing the VOR. They're crossing the navigational fix or whatnot. And my question is, are they you guys were talking about something to do with a, a, a metallic substance because I live on a lake here in southern Wisconsin and I can give you a direct observation about something very peculiar. Okay. And All that right. is I took a bar magnet that's about a foot long and about two feet in or two inches in diameter. And this thing is really strong. It's a it's a rare earth. And we took it and threw it out in the lake a few times because we were trying to get something that we dropped in there. And the thing is, is we pulled in over and over again loads of a metallic substance that just covers this magnet. And we've done it in several lakes. And now that is unexplainable. It's like little shavings like you'd see in science class. Really? And it's, it's yeah, it's it's really unusual. And when you, you know, push, you know, when you take, you know, you'll find things like a little nail or whatever in the lake, and then you take all that off, and you got all these metallic shavings on there, which is really strange. Now, why would that be on the bottom of a lake? And now, explain to me the chemtrail thing, just briefly. Okay, from my understanding, uh, and if you were to watch a documentary, what in the world are they spraying? This was years ago that really started, uh, I mean, we'd see the phenomenon in the sky and led me to ask questions and point this out to my dad who called me crazy and oh, yeah, said man. I was nuts. <laughs> but watching the uh, what in the world are they spraying, it had to do with a, a family in Hawaii who basically lived off the grid and then getting tests done uh, from their daughter's hair to their crops and soil samples that showed all these extra uh, metals that were in their uh, hair, that were in their soil, that were in their water, that never were supposed to be there in the first place. Um, now, Ted Brewer will say that it's uh, it could be something that they are uh, spraying in order to infect people with a certain amount of uh, a disease to activate later, or mm-hmm. that that's one one side to this other um, theory that is right. they are uh, trying to redirect sunlight from entering the Earth's atmosphere and, and redirecting it back out into space by the use of reflection from heavy metals. Um, but what you're saying is, you're actually saying is that there is a, a, 
a metal substance that's in this whatever it is disbursement yes. jetty or whatever you think it is yeah Aluminum, barium, and other chemicals, like yeah, but, sulfur based. But not, but, but let me, let me be clear on this. We don't believe, okay, um, our, our sources collectively do not believe it's a fuel additive. We, they believe, our sources believe, and, and you can go to, and I would recommend anyone interested in this topic to go to geoengineeringwatch.org. Yeah. Okay. And w- there are, specific plane specific chemtrailing um there's actually um if you go there uh, you you can see where these planes specific or specifically designed and employed to well yeah well, that's the other thing though because now i i am really interested in in the the fact that there's a metallic substance that's coming down because like i told you when i right. throw that magnet out into the lake and i can do it any time and i pull that thing in it's just loaded with shavings and that's that's Weird. That's very strange. Yeah. And I would recommend that your listeners do that. If you live near a lake, get a real strong. You got to get a large enough magnet and and throw that and, thing and, out in the lake and drag the bottom. But here's the thing: I've been an air traffic controller and a pilot for years, and I know the altitude stratum. I know who's up there, and I I know a lot of people in the military and etc. And when you see the people that are on YouTube in general, I don't know. There's just so many people talking about oh there they are spraying again i know that's not an aircraft that's just up there dispatched to spray chemtrails all day long because those are the those are the air carrier flights you know that are up there all day on the normal flights coming through arrival fixes into chicago detroit philadelphia okay. uh, pittsburgh where you are there i don't know you guys are up around meadville somewhere i take it right north north of meadville on the lake you're in actually. the Erie area okay. yes sir okay so i used to live down in beaver county and, you know, you see the chemtrails coming over the arrival fix northeast of Pittsburgh, northwest of Pittsburgh, the cut arrivals, the whiskey, you know, there's these fixes up in the air that mapped. And they're not what people are telling you all the time. But I'm not discrediting that there may be something going on. I'm not here to tell you, you know, you're crazy. But I know a lot of these people look up in the sky and, you know, you see the aircraft going there. Oh, look, there's spraying again there they are no that's yeah. not them that's united that's american that's southwest that's whoever it is you know that's yeah I and I, I i believe people will, will confuse and conflate the, the two and, and say oh, hey more often than not exactly and that that does not do anything for the cause or for however intellectual discussions like this and discourse like this certainly does and you pointing this out because too too often people will ascribe a, a sinister you know, a thing to to something that's innocuous, that's that has nothing sinister about it. That uh, too often people will say that's a contrail or a chemtrail when it's a contrail, normal contrail or whatever. But the bottom line is you can't dismiss like what you have. And Eric, the, Eric the tech just says, hey, do you have any photos you can send of the of the mysterious shavings? Because we can forward those along to see if well, that is people consistent. People should check this wherever they're located. They should check this where they're located because you know I'd like to know. Who's finding metal in the lakes? Because I found it here, and I mean I'm 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 underneath an arrival route that goes into Minneapolis. It's the Badger VOR, which is northwest of Milwaukee, and then there's a Victor Airway or a Jet Airway and a Victor Airway that goes northwest of there. And I forgot what the name of the arrival is because I never worked that stratum, but over here I didn't anyway. But that's the arrival into Minneapolis, and there's a lot of jets coming in here all the time, Northwest flights and so forth, you know, and uh, that. 
for all we know, I mean, I was thinking that, you know, maybe it was an additive in jet fuel, but you were saying you don't believe it is, right? You believe it's something separate. Uh, you know, we'll have to get Dane Wing- Wigington back on from GeoEngineeringWatch.org. He's got all of the It's an interesting patents. discussion. And yeah, yeah. From yeah. what I understand, uh, from my research, there are special planes that are made just to do the spraying. But but who's to say that there are additives? Well, I'll tell you, if somebody knew about it, that there were special planes to do it, I would have known about it. You know, but I you know, I haven't been, I've been retired since 2009, so you know, and I know that people have been... When you were working, you said you worked as an air traffic controller, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, so Okay, how do I... Was there another air traffic controller, like, for military purposes or for... Well, you know, national... the military controllers in general that work in control towers at the uh, at those fields are, you know, work lower altitude airspace or a tower controlled within five miles of the tower type of thing. You know, I worked the big leagues. I worked Washington, D.C., Chicago, Pittsburgh. So, you know, I, and I was acquainted with the Washington Center when I worked there, the East Coast plant, all the way up and down from LaGuardia to the to the... Washington, Baltimore, Dulles areas, and I'm very, very familiar with what goes on between the surface and 45,000 feet. And wow. you know, that's why I look at this stuff and I I hear about it and I go, no way, you know. And I got friends of mine that fly tankers and C5s and F16s and F15s and the whole nine yards. And these are not people that are like clandestine government officials. I used to work for the government, too. I mean, we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got friends of mine that are in Christ. And, of course, I'll tell you the truth. It's becoming increasingly difficult now to be a Christian to work in the federal capacity because you're kind of an enemy, and they really are making it difficult. And that's even another subject. But I'll just say this. Wow. These people wouldn't yeah. lie to me, and I wouldn't lie to you, you know. And, 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 and we're not accepting that as such. And I, and I think we need to explore right. this issue a, a lot deeper because... Yeah, everything you're saying, I mean, from the shavings in the lake that you described to your yeah. experiences as an, uh, uh, as an air traffic controller to uh, the pilot, this is all good, man. I mean, we, we have to we have to approach this with intellectual honesty and, and bring the evidence to the table. And, Which you know, brings me to one more topic, if you don't mind me mentioning it. No, and that's by the way. The thing that's going on in Southern California, and I just took this and I put it on my blog, the news unit, and... Uh, uh, it's, it has to do with that meth leak that's been going on. I know you guys know about this. And so oh, yeah, the meth thing, yeah. yeah yep. Just north of the metro area there in Los Angeles. Yeah, well, yep. I guess Huge they just issued thing. a state of emergency. I don't know if it happened today. But obviously there's some the rumor mill that gets started. But it could be, you know, I don't know. Because there's so much cover-up today, you don't know what the real truth is. You try to dig it out. It's a very interesting <laughs> hunt to try to find the truth in the news. But they're talking about radioactive methane. Have you heard about this? Yes, yes, we have. I mean, we could be, we're we're searching for answers on this. So am I. We have, you know, we haven't brought it up because we're still looking at it. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm looking for the same answers because let me tell you, when you look at that infrared picture, that methane leak on that mountain north of Los Angeles or whatever that is, the San Bernardino right. Valley. I can't remember the area. I'm not real familiar with that, but but at at any rate. Um, I have a friend of mine who wrote an article about this, too, on his blog, and he was talking about the fact that in the 1950s there was some kind of test nuclear site within 10 nautical miles of this place, and something went wrong there, and a lot of people got sick. There were like two... Th- I forgot how many people that got sick, and, and you know, this was covered up in the government back then, and and I had... Yeah. I have some links on there. I'll tell you what, I'll email them to you so you got them. We'll, we'll do talk. so. But I want to mention this. They think... This is the theory... 
well, we'll call it a conspiracy theory, but I don't want to really say that because I'm not against talking about see I'm, I'm an alternative media fan and okay. we need more of this to get discussions get the truth out etc but the theory is is that they lost these uh, nuclear rods and they may have burned themselves down I don't know if this is true because I don't know geology that well they burned themselves down into a, a layer of crude oil or whatever down there and now they're boiling the crude oil and it's creating a large amount of pressure and then it finally blew itself out like a geyser. Now that sounds plausible to me, but you know, being that I'm not into that <laughs> study of the crust of the earth, I don't know. You know, what do you think? Well, we're going to ask Stan about that tomorrow night. Uh, we we got so many emails on that. And yeah, if you can send an email uh, for and maybe put it in the subject line. Um, with a, uh, with a question, specific questions. Monday have. caller for Stan. Yeah, we'll, yeah, I sure will. Yeah, sure we'll, we'll definitely address it with him. You guys him. probably have seen me. I'll, I'll put it on there too, and I'll have you. I'll link you all to whatever I've found. I've been finding a lot on this lately. Yeah, but, I, it, you know, I don't we know have too. And who's not a lot of times. There you go. There you go. We the vetting of the sources is just so exactly. extremely important. Plug your plug your website, sir. Uh, thenewsunit.com. Thenewsunit.com. That's correct. Right. All right. David from Wisconsin, air traffic controller, pilot. Lord bless you guys. Hey, it's really good talking God to you. God bless. All right. Thanks, thanks for the that. call. We'll check your website out. Right. Look forward to your question. We'll make sure we ask. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. We're going to go right care. to. All right, buddy. Thanks, bud. We're going to go right to Karen, who's called back, and I feel bad that. Uh, Glad you made Karen. it back. Thanks. Thanks for waiting. Thanks for your patience. Can you hear hey, me? Karen. Yes. It wasn't your fault, Doug. It was mine. It was my nimble fingers that hung up by mistake. I had on the headset, and then I went to switch it to the phone, and boom, I was disconnected. So, not your fault. Well, thanks for letting anyway. me know. <laughs> I know you're so quick to blame yourself with the wiring and stuff. Um, quick question before I get into what I want to ask you is, why did you guys switch seats the other day? Matter uh, of computer. Uh, yeah, I was computer. out. Uh, Karen, I was out. I knew you were and... out. And then you came to the other seat. So this is kind of funny. Anyway. Okay, so what I wanted to talk about was um should I switch back, funny Karen? thing. Wait a minute, Karen. Should I switch back? No, should I switch back? So, it was so weird. It just felt wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it felt wrong on our end, too. It, it like felt wrong here. Yeah. Well, you know, he was the pilot for a while too, when the co-pilot was gone. But then That's right. it just felt it looked weird. Anyway. Um yeah, that guy that was just gone, he's on the chat a lot. I saw his name when he mentioned his website. He's, a, he's great. Anyway, huh. yeah, so anyway, um, what I wanted to say was, did you guys, uh, I had Hodges on last night, and they got shut out with the interview with Ammon Bundy. I did talked you know to that? Dave this morning. Yeah, I talked to Dave Hodges this morning. He called me at 530 his wild. time. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, he was on, did you hear Sheila Zelensky and Dave Hodges with Ammon Bundy today? Um, no, I didn't get a chance to listen to that. That. I, I know how I know how that went down, and I know. But go ahead, talk to us. What was said? Well, I, well, he said that the government is forcing the ranchers off the land, and a hundred families have been forced out. And when they don't get the land, they flood them out, like they overflowed the river, and they flood the farms, so the value goes down, and the people have to sell. Right. And then he said that the Hammonds have a key piece of land, a key piece of property. Well, he didn't say this. This was a different interview. When It's a key piece of property, and when they couldn't get him to sell it, they, if they put him in jail, then they won't make the payments, and when they foreclose on it, the feds will get the land. So they, they keep playing these tri these games with to get the people off the land. And yes. supposedly... Yes, and, and Karen, let me just say this, and Joe... 
we were led to believe now, now, Karen, go back about a week, week and a half, we were led to believe that the at issue here was the incarceration or reincarceration of the two Bundy family members, Hammond, or Hammond, I'm sorry, Hammond uh, uh, members, family members, for starting a fire on national land, right. remember? So now... 125 acres. Right. So that was the initial thrust of the protest, ostensibly, now we're hearing different things, correct? So I just want to let people well, know everything's not as it is as it appears. If I can add on top of the I tactics know. you mentioned, Karen, about the flooding and whatnot, the Bureau of Land Management actually has been caught on tape uh, burning land that belonged to these ranchers along with cattle that were on the land as yep. they were alive. So there are not only these well, uh, backdoor tactics, but these overt tactics that are causing... Uh, you know, damage to ranchers, uh, cattle and their products and their land as well. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead, Karen. At, at first I thought I couldn't get the true story and all the CNN had little clips. So I did a lot of researching it and I looked on different websites and I finally heard the real story, which is why, why the Hammonds were out. Now, it wasn't really arson because arson is when you burn a building to kill people. They got charged for arson. It wasn't arson. They were setting a fire to get the brush down, and it went supposedly under the federal land. Correct. So, And then it, they were treated yeah. as terrorists, and they weren't terrorists. And now That's it's right. double jeopardy because they're getting another. And so I really looked exactly. into this. I was like, this doesn't sound right. Maybe Obama's doing this so that he can grab the guns. So I was trying to figure out, is Obama behind this? Is it a plant? Is it a false flag? Is it, Do they have a good cause? Or is it, like, not the hill to die on? So I've been really researching it. And by hearing what they have to say, they have a really actually a good, I think they, they're in the right place. Because according to the Constitution, the feds can only own land 10 miles around D.C. And any land that they buy from the state that is used for military purposes. That's in the Constitution. They're only allowed to to own a certain percentage of land in each state, and their ownership far exceeds that of what it's called for. And they're supposed to use it for military purposes, not for, you know, saving these certain species or whatever. So anyway, he then he said that what they're doing there is they're doing the paperwork to get the ranchers' farms back. They're not just sitting around with their guns. They're actually doing paperwork and working to get the ranches back. I don't exactly. know if they're setting up illegal, but they're working toward a purpose, and it's constitutional. So I would say that they have a, a good cause now that I've kind of looked at everything. It's um, a perver- It's a and- perverse form of eminent domain, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah, but then the other thing I saw in Hodges was that there's a weird electronic frequency over the land, over the ranch, and that they might be trying to do that stuff like they did in the mall brawls with the That's frequency. Right. It's not Wi-Fi; it's like RF two point four gigahertz. And you know, they right. think it might yeah. be. There's well, sound cannons for them. protesters, like at the G twenty <clears> and whatnot. There, and, and we talk and hear about gang stalking and. You know the use of electromagnetic frequencies such, to yeah. to yep. create uh, anxiety and or headaches inside uh, individual people who who are targeted, and this is exactly the same thing. They're using these frequencies in order to create this uh, mental and physical and emotional chaos that the frequency will cause in human beings. And, and, and Karen, I, I would urge everyone to listen to the interview that you're talking about with Dave Hodges. Yeah, uh, I'm going to send now, it out to everyone I know. 
Right, and that that that's heard right here on Global Star Radio Network. So I just want to let people know that. Go to the comments or I, yeah, the sensor dot com. Go ahead. I think it's fascinating, though. I wonder what like who's running the test? Are the feds using this as a test? I don't know. It's really I'm really watching it to see what is going to happen because it could go any way. You know, Karen. Uh, oh boy. You know, I look at this. And I know some of the people involved, or um, I want to be very careful with what I say. I believe in the Constitution. I believe that the government should butt the hell out of our lives in terms of this kind of stuff. I believe that the government is wrong here, 100% wrong. But I also believe the tactics of the people who claim to be on our side are inciting a situation, inflaming a situation to to an extent that advances their own agenda. And that's where we get into a very dangerous area. That's what I said. Take away the guns. Just go there. Go to jail for your cause, but don't bring your guns. You know, just go to jail for it. Speaks volumes. You know, if they left their guns um, behind, it would have been a lot better. I think. I don't know. You know, I don't know about that. I, I, if you're it, look, if if you're going to declare war to me, if you're if or if you're if you're going to actually use this to draw the line, I, I'm going to go armed. Okay. If I'm going if I'm going to if I'm going to say, look, I'm going to draw the line right here. I'm putting everything. I'm, I'm rolling the yeah. dice. I'm, I'm going to go armed. I'm. Just, yeah. I, and, and Karen, you made some great points, but we are at the end of the show. Oh, we want to thank you for what your call happened? and uh, okay, uh, your insight. And thanks for sharing uh, on the information that you uh, researched and found. You know more of the truth of the matter than what is being reported out there. Uh, we can't thank you enough. Uh, all the callers we That's had right. tonight. Most important, Karen. Great, great information, and God bless all of the callers. And all the listeners, man. You guys make the show. Thank you, Karen. We'll be back tomorrow night, my father and I, for the first two hours, followed by Stan Deo in hour number three here on Global Star Radio Network. Until then, stay safe. God bless. Have a great night, everyone. Good night. This is the Global Star Radio Network.